0: Most often, where do you leave meat to drink? Uh, yeah, hello. Is Mike there? Last name? Roch. Hold on, I'll check. Mike crotch! Mike crotch! Hey, has anybody seen Mike crotch lately? Listen
1: to me, little puke. One of these days, I'm
0: gonna catch you. I'm gonna cut your flesh off, make a goat out of it, and I will eat your flesh until I find food.
1: everyone, welcome to the... <laughs>
0: you
1: know? Attitude Era Podcast. I do am going to call it, I was going to say the Q&A Podcast, Q&A-E Podcast, but that's a very smart name, but... Attitude Era
2: Podcast, Q&A Special. Q&A-E sounds good. Q&A Special, When people say, what's the E stand for? Error. Questions and Answers Era. Questions and Answers Era. <laughs> and answers. But will the questions become more answers? Questions and Attitude, we know going either.
1: Uh, hello everyone, it's Kevin once again alongside uh, Adam and Billy, bit of a special episode, bit of a different episode, mm. it is a, it's not quite a regular Bono episode at all, we are celebrating one year in business as a podcast, Right? The yeah. there you, there you go. go, sorry that's the sound of us patting ourselves on the back really loudly, one, 12 months! Who'd have thought? 12 months and 30-odd episodes later. Yeah,
2: we've had some laughs, we've had some tears, we've learned a lot. We've had some chills, we've had some spills. Yeah, (laughs) spoofs and goofs galore. How are you doing today, Adam? Oh, I'm very, very well. I'm a little bit leery about doing this because, you know, (laughs) just because you've forbidden me and Billy from looking at the questions, so me and Billy have no idea what we're expecting here. Yeah, because spontaneity is
1: the key to, you know... Oh no, I, I
2: agree, I'm just I'm just a little bit concerned about how personal this is going to get. As long as you follow your... i discussing girth on the
1: podcast.
2: so <laughs> long as you've <laughs> all your affairs in order, and Yeah,
1: you know, no, it's great. There's no paper trail, like, that's going <laughs> to blow this thing
3: wide open. Hello Billy, how's it going? Not bad, also a little worried about not seeing questions, because you're going to be eventually asked, you know, who's your favourite ro- uh, wrestler at the moment? I forget every single wrestler that's ever existed. Oh, I just just sitting, stunned silence.
1: Ah, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Who has got the smelliest socks? It is Billy. Ah, uh, th- those, those are the kinds of questions we opened the, uh, we opened the door, so to speak, the floodgates, the questions from the uh, from the glad gay community. That's the you listeners uh, at home to ask us as many questions about any variety of topics. He wanted to, to celebrate our one-year special. So, uh, yeah, put up a thing on Facebook and uh, was going to put up the thing on Reddit, but I thought, nah. uh, my self-confidence is high enough today, thanks. <laughs> it get <was just> downvoted <laughs> to obligatory. <laughs> <laughs> to obligatory. But, yeah, so we got, we've we got, like, over 200 questions. Yeah. Most of which were either, what are you going to do after you finish the Attitude era? Right. Or the other one was, who is your favourite blank and why is it blank? Because, like, right. a joke... Yeah. Okay. before we crack cracked into the questions all right. a public service announcement that's not funny <laughs> <laughs> it's not like hey adam who's your best friend and why is it not billy you know? <laughs> <laughs> um okay so we got like over 200 questions as i said trim the most most of them down so what we're going to do is we'll go through the ones which were asked by Bionards the most We'll do them at the start and Sort it by volume Sort it by volume yeah. I should I, I try to do like a U shoot Like we'll, we'll, we'll mix everything together But that's probably I'm just going to hit up All the random ones afterwards then so. Is there going to be a medicine
2: man section Where we have to like Say who we think Ooh. did drugs We have to like <laughs> Out the member of the podcast That's on crack
1: rock cocaine What's that something? horrible section Is it a hoe bag or something oh, like that
2: Oh yeah, the hoe bag and the dick bag It'll
1: yeah, be yeah. none of that here sadly But anyway First things first The first question The question we were asked by and large the most. Where's my title shot? For fuck's sake. <laughs> okay, Billy, let's just go. Oh, <laughs> <mean>. <laughs> Bullshit. No, 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 no. Um, did you know that own heart was called a nugget? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> All right. Enough. All right, serious first question. How did the podcast start? Well, that is a, oh, okay, that's, that's, that's a, good question. a nice softball, easy one to do. Um, it started off uh, around WrestleMania 29 last year. It's before then. I can't say if I told like the, the long version of the story or the well, show. It's,
2: it's not that long. Just we, we all, you know, we we're all friends anyway. We did Radio Cart sixty four, which is a little radio project, a very short lived thing before the podcast. And then one day, Kevin just came up to me and Billy and said, "Oh what? man, you've left out all the salacious details. The salacious <laughs> details. I'm not going into our time on the radio." that was uh- <laughs> Okay, well, a right. A dark period.
1: Basically, I'd done radio shows before, and after I came to thinking I wanted to do a radio show again. I was friends with Billy and Adam, and me and Billy had the idea for a show called Radio Cart Sixty Four, yes. which we're just going to keep saying the title because I think not. To, I, I th- the show was really good, but nothing ever came as good as that title itself. Oh, the title that was my father' peak. Yeah. It was the peak. It
3: was the it was the best title that we had. The second best being Meow Cats. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> listening to a radio show called Meow Cats. You are going to call
2: it Just Two Dads at one point. <laughs> <this laughs> See, these are the salacious
1: details right here. So yeah, me and Billy wanted to do this show, and uh, the idea was me and Billy would be the host, and Adam would be our, it would be a live radio show, we would do music and comedy stuff, and Adam would be like Roz in Fraser. So I was mixing the desk yeah. and producing, and, yeah. And it was all well and good, good idea. Uh, we tried to do it live, and basically the station where we worked didn't work out so hot in terms of shows going, It was shite. It, yes. was, it wasn't a real station. No, it was. But for one reason or another, it, things never seemed to work that great. So basically, the show became incredibly negative really quickly. As yeah. like Whenever we eventually did get on air, all we did was just give out. Yeah, we like <laughs> were always in a bad mood. Like, it's like, sh- Welcome
2: to Radio Cart 64. Hey, guys. Fuck
1: <laughs> you can't find an episode of it online still. So yeah, after that, we decided we had left the station, we were going to do it as a podcast. And just before we did the first episode of it as a podcast... I had approached you guys with the idea of maybe doing something to do with wrestling. Yes. Because I had... I'd done loads of radio stuff before, but I'd never done anything with, to do with wrestling. Because I never really had a group of people I was hanging with who I would like would, would want to make a radio show with or anything like that. Yeah. I've had wrestling fan friends before, but they weren't you know someone I wanted to do like a, maybe a, a podcast with. And also, as well, podcasts are the bee's knees now. They weren't necessarily a few years ago. They're cool now. Yeah, yeah they're cool now. So, yeah, the idea was the idea for the Attitude Era as well specifically came because WWE 13 had come out yeah, and that a big part of that was Attitude Era mode and there was a lot of you know, Raw Raw had like a thousand episode special or whatever and they released a documentary on the Attitude Era and uh, you know, because I grew up during the Attitude Era I was like, man there's a lot of, not necessarily misinformation but it felt like there was a concerted effort on the part of WWE to maybe rose tint it all. Yeah, it? yeah, to make
0: it
3: kind of like make it a little bit more canon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The attitude era was just Stone Cold Steve Austin being badass. Yeah, that, that was it. That there was nothing else. It was
1: three years of Austin on a beer truck <laughs> doing that. And Vince McMahon going. It was incredible. Closing his eyes. Uh, but I think yeah, like just I can't remember if there was a specific moment, but I do remember specifically. With me and you, Adam, like, telling Billy if something would have happened during the Attitude Era, or something this happened, and Billy was a fan of the more recent stuff. Yeah, I remember there was a
2: lot of times we'd be telling you a story about things that happened in the Attitude Era, and you just wouldn't believe us, because it was so far removed from what you were used to in wrestling.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I I listened to a lot of um, OSW at the time, also uh, Cole Cabana's podcast, uh, things like Kayfabe Commentaries, all the stuff that Jim Cornette was doing. All that was just, like, really interesting stuff, or, like... I love hearing people's opinions on wrestling and even if I didn't necessarily agree with them, if they could do it in an entertaining enough way. Yeah. That, yeah. and that's kinda of why it, so there was there was definitely inspiration from, from those different sources for that reason. I kinda of like wanted to have some of the informative stuff that we'll get with like OSW and have the, the chronology to it. But also as well, you know, yeah, maybe It's got to be fun. It's got to be, you know, fun to listen to. And I knew that having done Radio Card that, you know, we knew how each other's minds worked. And it would be a bit of a laugh. Also as well, I thought it was a big deal that would make it different was the fact that Billy had never seen it before. Because, you know, there's a lot of, you look at a lot of stuff on YouTube with someone like a, a round
2: table reviewing some show or whatever. But, like, they all love it. If they're all experts and they all have the same opinion, what's the point in hearing them all say the same thing?
1: And if the idea of the show is to look back and see if it holds up with nostalgia, what better way than our our good friend Billy, Uh, who's... uh, uh, a sponge-worthy mind ready to absorb all the horrible info and like use it as an experiment.
2: I knew Billy would be good for this because I remember me and our other friend once were gushing over Dumb and Dumber and how much we loved it and Billy was like, oh, I've never seen Dumb and Dumber. I bet you guys only like it because of nostalgia and we all sat down and watched it together and Billy hated it. <laughs> it, was, so, it was
3: fucking terrible. So I
2: knew that you'd be honest with the attitude era whether you like
1: it
3: or not. Like,
2: Yeah, I, I thought that it was we a good mix
1: of opinions and even though we all like wrestling we like different things about wrestling yeah. but uh, we could be civil about i suppose so that is essentially how the the podcast all came up together i mean i do feel almost bad with how i not forced you but i wasn't wasn't very much open to the idea of like i didn't just go i was like hey do you want to do this wrestling podcast let's do it. let's do it. let's do it and then we kind of
2: watched the show and recorded it in like within a week yeah no i I remember i mean it was a while ago now but uh, i remember at first being a little bit like oh yeah i mean that, that sounds cool sounds like it could be fun i remember you were saying like we want to do this podcast and i was thinking yeah i'll try it out it could be a good idea Never did I think it would be going anywhere. Like you know, like seriously, we're gonna be doing this a year's time. We thought our future yeah. was at Radio Cars. Yeah, <laughs> I,
3: I, now, I, I, now I on m- <laughs> and stuff like that. I very much thought we would get like four episodes out of the way and it would just sort of peter out. Peter out. Yeah, would, just stop
1: doing it. In terms of like starting up and all that, I think because I mean I lot, it, We 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 were fortunate that we got on like Botchamania after like a few episodes. It was like six or seven. Yeah, when like Matthew it was very early. Matthew contacted us, and that was like a, a completely absurd. Like, I mean, I didn't didn't. Think I remember that. you to be up, and we were both like screaming on the phone, like, "What the hell's Dude, going people on? People are going to think we're marks." <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, that was awesome. That was obviously a massive help. Uh, Jay from OSW in terms of like telling me like how to promote something, mm. how to. You know, spread awareness about your podcast without like seeming like someone who's just spamming in it. In those early days, yeah, yeah, and that was, was really. He, Jay gave me great advice. Um, if yeah, uh, yeah, he he was massively helpful in in, in that. Uh, and then he yeah, obviously inside the ropes as well. Like after two episodes, yeah, they help us out as well. And- so yeah, I mean, we had a lot. We were fortunate in the sense that, you know. I wasn't. I was confident that we'd have fun doing it. I wasn't confident that anyone would enjoy it, but mm. we were very fortunate to have a lot of very nice people help us out. Very yeah, yeah definitely. So uh, Matthew, Kenny, and Jay in particular, thanks a lot for 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 making people know about our podcast. Cheers, guys. Cheers. How is an episode recorded slash edited? Serious so uh, behind the scenes peek here. Well, we either get on DVD or I have you know a pretty hefty library of. Of VHS ribs,
3: yeah. Oh, we also have the network now. Um, yes, yeah. WWE Network. That's so helpful.
1: Essentially, we watch it. We try to watch it separately.
3: Yeah, because it's 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 very hard to uh, watch a pay per view all three of us there. Because especially for your especially for me, because I just want to make jokes throughout it yeah. and just ask questions. But and then you know missing are, stuff, which yeah, is it's mm. questions I should be asking on the podcast instead of there. You know, because it makes for a better. Uh, response yeah exactly
1: and like we watched the brawl for all we watched all of that together in one lump and it was fucking tortured to have to like miserable. be like <laughs> yeah hard. so um yeah we all watched it separately if we can make notes then we meet recording session usually lasts anywhere between two and three hours yeah, yeah um true. i you know this is of these nice kind of oh it's a q a and i was gonna tell you how hard it is to make an episode <laughs> yeah. but um yeah we usually we get around three hours of Stuff recorded, um, cutting everything down. You know, editing all that. I do like two listens through usually to get rid of like stuff. I mean, for me, I remember starting off. I was like, if we have someone who's like coughing or like burping or like breathes heavily or stuff like that, I edit all
2: of that out. What you probably don't realize from listening to this podcast, well, you'll that realize now because I'm not editing this one. How poorly yeah. we speak—we're all a bunch of slobs and like coughing and sneezing and burping and all that jazz. That all gets cut out by hand by Kevin. So. Yeah,
1: that that takes—that actually takes up the vast majority of the edit time yeah. because I mean, you could very easily—I mean, Valentine's Day Masquerade was an episode where I had a sneeze, where I had a really bad cold, yeah, and I could have just put it up and it would have been fine. But end up getting
2: delayed the episode because it took so long to get rid of all the sniffles and sneezes. Well, I remember one of the early ones; I had a cold, like. Really bad, like in episode four or five or something. And I was like constantly having to pause and go like oh. I mean, horrible, <laughs> disgusting sounds. I remember when Kevin was editing it out, he actually started cutting those sounds out and then putting <laughs> them to one side. <laughs> he was making what he called the Adam <laughs> pest <"Pesthood> hunt sound. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's where the majority of the, the editing comes
1: because it was I, I listened to a fair few podcasts in my time, and I remember one thing that really irritated me was if there were people who would just be like, uh uh, <clears throat> uh, what's the next bit? Is like well, you could easily cut that out. Yeah, and it really is. Annoying. Lazy not to. Yeah, so I mean, I was kind of a bit of a snob about that early on. So that takes a few. hours. I mean, it usually takes at least three or four hours.
3: It got to the point as well though, where you could see the the waveform. You know, when you were editing it, and you like could tell pre-emptive. in five minutes time. I'm going to do a burp because that's clearly a burp yeah, in a waveform you I can, I can become like Neo with the Matrix like <laughs>
2: Kevin can see burps in waveform Well, I
1: remember actually it was you guys who listened to the first few episodes and you're happy with the edits then I played you an unedited yeah, it version shocking. once it's like
2: seeing a celebrity with no makeup on or something or like yeah. looking at
1: yourself with a HD camera and yeah. like oh my god I have acne like, yeah <laughs> Uh, like someone the other day was kind of like I was I released the episode like midnight or something crazy because I just released it and edited it, and someone was like why did you put it out at such a crazy hour I was like well you know just it was done I wanted to release it I was like yeah but were you guys not really tired.
3: Like someone thought we did it live.
0: <laughs> Fucking hell! The
3: pressure. Like, we have a like, little soundboard so we can play the promos. Yes. Yeah! <laughs> like, we're in a studio.
1: I hate to break it to you. We record it in my bedroom. <laughs> record
3: we've recorded one episode in the studio. And
1: that was one of the worst sounding episodes as well. Yeah, it was also um, the most miserable episode which was ever it fully, as well. Fully loaded. Fully 98. loaded in 98. And just because you're in a studio and the microphone looks nice doesn't necessarily mean it's of good quality. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we're, we've got a map and microphone or setup is we're just in my bedroom. We have a. We've hit the sweet spot, in a, it's a room where there's not much echo, we can all hear each other clearly. That's, that's basically it. Yeah. That's all there is to it, yeah. Uh, if, if you're ever thinking of starting a podcast, just find a room with no echo. You do not need anything particularly Nothing fancy. don't
3: need no fancy gimmicks.
1: Uh, also, the main th- thing that's taken up time editing is the microphone being broken. Piece and, of junk microphone, yeah. Uh, there's a number of times where we've had to re record segments. Yeah. Such there, as
2: several episodes where we've had to record the plugs at the end again. The Vince Russo
1: rant at the end of Bash and the Beach was actually over two separate recording sessions. Yeah. Notice how Billy doesn't have much to say about the second half. <laughs> <laughs> Billy goes mysteriously quiet. <laughs> just yeah. Shocked into silence. And <laughs> then there's been
3: times as well where you've had to re record the end without me. So you've just gone, and yeah. me, Billy. Yeah. Because yeah. that's what I sound like. Fucking Mike and then, you know,
1: it's other bit is getting, you know, uh, the B-roll, as, as as Jay Hunter refers to it, you know, getting all the clips for different, you know, things that you're going to reference. Uh, most of the stuff, like, in terms of audio goofs and playing, you know, sound clips and bits in the background or syncing up music with stuff we say, that that's never planned. It's something I just can't put on the fly and what I'm doing or what I'm editing or while we're recording. So I don't think we like when I get an episode, I don't know how long it's going to take for me to record to edit mm. because it could take you know, a couple of hours
2: but I could have a lot of really... You could good, have a load of ideas that you didn't think of. Yeah, yeah like
1: the, the Vince Russo episode took a long time to edit because there's so many little bits and bobs I put in or like WrestleMania, Royal
3: Rumble was another one where yeah. there's just loads of Big bits. Big exercise.
1: Yeah, and you know, it's not just you know putting in a clip, but it's finding a way to put it in and make it yeah. fit in the flow. Plus, plus
3: you don't know what references Adam and I are gonna do. Yeah. So yeah. we can make some obscure reference and you your duty bound to put it in. We do <laughs> we do
1: make like we make notes but like at the start we'd write down like stuff you want to say in terms of jokes but most of it just comes off the, off the, yeah, yeah, know, from the chat between us. Yeah. That's the best thing, because we're just three people who know each other yeah, that, very that's, well. that's
2: part of the recording process, I suppose, is the whole making notes. I, I make notes on little things that I want to remind myself of when we're recording, but almost all the stuff we actually come up with is just from talking to each yeah. other, and it's all, like you know, just bouncing off of each other and yeah I think being friends lends itself greatly to the podcast really. yes
1: definitely and if there is uh, someone has asked here as well what advice would you give for uh, start, people starting a podcast uh, besides contacting Jay Hunter and getting <laughs> <laughs> all the help he gave me um, no do it with, do it with friends mm. and do it with friends that you can talk to in the same room
2: um, you I'm, need to be able to talk to these people properly And yeah not to...
1: I'm not sold on Skype uh, in terms of doing a podcast over Skype I don't know if I'd ever do it it would be different. Be, I don't it know. can be
2: done well. It can it's be done It's well. a lot harder than doing it face to face. i never
1: do an episode with the three of us, and we were. No, I don't Scott. think it would work. It wouldn't work. But I mean, that's just that's just our style, I suppose. Um, oh Here's another question we can ask quite a bit. Uh, I love your your show. <laughs> I'm gonna start off with a compliment. Sure <laughs> hit the compliment. Here's a question: Why did you choose to start the Attitude Era podcast in WrestleMania 14? For me, it seems a bit off. It seems strange that the Pillman Nine One One incident, for example, didn't happen during the Attitude Era. What are your thoughts on this? Um, essentially, I know that most people would point out an earlier starting point for the Attitude Era. I mean, you could say Survivor Series Some 97. Some people would say Screwjob, yeah. Uh, SummerSlam 97, people say. Some people go back as far as like King of the Ring 96. Jesus. There were definitely elements of the Attitude Era popping up all yeah. along. Um, obviously, Austin, King of the Ring 96 is a yeah. big one. Uh, you know, McMahon appearing but you know from kind of behind the shadows at uh, Survivor Series 97. For me, I picked WrestleMania 14, because, number one, you, there's a million points you could say is going to be the Agediar. You could pick mm. a starting point, I thought. WrestleMania 14 is a very big-name pay-per-view. It's a pay-per-view that has the biggest transition that, for me, it kickstarts starts the Agediar, which is Michaels going. And Austin getting the belt. And Austin getting the belt, and Austin being the main event guy. Because, uh, for me, Shawn Michaels, even though he did a lot of attitude stuff, for me, he's, like, he's the Hulk Hogan of... Uh, the new generation. Yeah, definitely. Mm. So I thought it was good in terms of a handing over point. Also as well, Attitude Era was measured mostly with success. And, you know, before WrestleMania, like, Raw's in, like, January 1998, it was going to get cancelled. Yeah. That's how bad the ratings were. That's why they brought in Mike Tyson. Yeah. So I thought it was kind of like, I didn't want it to be kind of like, us going, oh, now it's going to get big. And like, you know, rumbling about it. I wanted to start at a point where it's like, boom, wrestling this is the biggest thing in the world. And Austin's the biggest star there is. And I thought that's why WrestleMania 14 was, was what I picked there. So, uh, yeah, I mean... I'm not opposed to reviewing some earlier shows. I'd like to do Rumble 98 at some point. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. That'd be really good fun, actually. Um, What... Oh, this one we got asked. This was the most popular question by far. What modern wrestlers do you think would have thrived in the Attitude era? I don't know.
2: Oh, okay. First thought is maybe Dean Ambrose, I would say. I can (laughs) see his sort of, like, punky scumbaggishness going down very, very well back in the Attitude era. Uh, I'm trying to think of other strong gimmicks.
1: Bray Wyatt, I think, would have Bray Wyatt would definitely yeah. have worked, yeah. yeah Bray definitely.
2: Wyatt I could see in any era. He could be a new generation, he could yeah, be Wokomania era. That's true. He, he's a timeless character, Bray Wyatt is. That's just him, the whole the whole the family. The whole Wyatt gimmick. family, yeah. Um
1: think other modern wrestlers who could survive to thrive in the Irish era? Santino. Really? I genuinely, I,
3: gen- I, I genuinely think his goofy gimmick, I, I don't think it would be out of place alongside some of the more goofy characters. Yeah, like snow thing. or... Yeah, yeah. actually, yeah. you know, Rince Russo would have a field day with Santino. He would, yeah, that's a good
1: point. Uh, Randy Orton, I think, would have got over amazingly that's in true. the Attitude yeah. Era. Yeah. I mean, I'm not his biggest fan, but you can't deny the man is the prototypical wrestler. Yeah. Um, don't know about Batista. I would... A lot of people have asked, us, do you think that CM Punk would have thrived in the Attitude Era? I don't think so.
2: Him and Brian they're, they're, they're more of a. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the guys, but it's. I think it's because of the fact that we have a different kind of fans these days, and you yeah. know, we're all marks and internet fans and everything. We have this knowledge, and I think that's why people appreciate Punk and Brian so much. And I don't think yeah. an actual audience no, would have. Definitely not when there's
1: someone like an Austrian or a Rocky. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I think it's also as well, which is. uh uh, a point about that is that they're short guys and during the Attitude Era
2: Vince McMahon did not like yeah they're all big fellows.
1: yeah I mean it's kind of ridiculous when Chris Jericho was considered to be like a cruiserweight during that yeah. time where now he'd be considered to be like you know a, a standard or a yeah. heavyweight like so um, yeah I think as much as I love those guys I don't think they
2: would have done well in the Attitude Era no. vice versa anyone from the Attitude Era who would be doing very well right now Ooh, that's a, I, I would see, from just a, a technical point of view, I could see D'Lo Brown having amazing matches with people like Daniel Bryan and yeah. The Shield. Any of uh, the, like, the solid
1: workhorse mid-card guys? Yeah, obviously. Uh, Jeff Sherrish. Um, Ken Sh- Snow. Yeah. Any of those guys, if they were in their prime, Foley, uh, I think, would get over just as much now as yeah. back yeah, then. Yeah, easily. Even though people, I think... I think almost unfairly say that he only got over because of the, all the blood and guts and stuff. But I think he was... No, I, I think that's silly. I think he got over. I mean, all the, all the big stars like Austin Rock, Well, obviously. Kane, Taker, you know, I think all those guys, regardless PG or not, could have been super yeah, big stars. definitely. Yeah. Um, what is the best wrestling figure you've ever had writes Tom Downey
2: oh that's dead easy that is a good question yeah that, that's very easy and I, I'm this much of a dork for this one particular wrestling figure that I could even tell you exactly what model it was it was the uh WWF heat series 10 Kane um, I only know that because I remember having to beg my mom to like, <laughs> make sure it's a series 10 mom yeah make sure it's that one <laughs> it was just, really just like you know when Kane debuted in 2001 I think it was where he started wearing the vest ah yes yeah it was just, really just that it came with a lead pipe it was fucking awesome I he was, was very
1: he looked like a monster he yeah, had like big, big shoulders and long arms I had that, uh, that figure as yeah, well yeah I loved big. that figure yeah uh, Billy you, you obviously did much ne- wrestling when you were ne- young ne- ne-
3: never owned a wrestling figure oh uh, so sad I've got my sink Mask. That's yeah, that's yeah. close enough. But uh yeah, that's it.
1: For me, my favorite wrestling figure was either the mankind that I like, the the old Bone Cruncher figures. You know, oh, yeah, I'm the saying. bendy ones. The mankind one whose mask would come off, which I thought was great because obviously you could beat him up and then you only have to take his mask off like it was hell to sell or I quit yeah. or whatever. I had a Bubba Ray Dudley, like super flexible one that came with a broken table. I have
2: that, yeah, the table that snapped in half. Love that. Yeah,
1: I love, love the Dudley voice so much as a kid. And one I got actually recently enough, like within the last year or two. I got um, Jesse Ventura figure from Jax, brilliant, which has got like the ridiculous, oh, yeah, the
2: hideous wardrobe on. Yeah, him, he's yeah. got
1: like zebra pants, leopard boots, uh, like a gold wig, a Woody the <laughs> Woodpecker T-shirt. Uh, also got shotmaster figure from Jax as well, brilliant. which features a a very rough approximation of a Stormtrooper helmet, <laughs> so as to not um, infringe on copyright.
2: Best Savio Vega memory. Well, this one's for Kevin, I guess.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Only Savio Vega memory of of no, is him getting injured in the brawl. For all well, there you go from, there. I thought it was funny. On no mercy on the N64, did you ever compete the women's title mode with a man? Uh yes. Uh, basically in the championship mode that you could do as a dude and there was a bikini contest, so both people would end up playing
2: as Viscera or Andre the <laughs> Giant coming out in a bubble wrap bikini. Here. Brilliant. So, Was there um, a special reward for doing it as Jeff Jarrett and beating up a load of women?
1: <laughs> no, sadly, it wasn't in the in the game. Uh, if you could pick one wrestler from the Era to go on a camping trip with,
0: <laughs>
2: who would it be? Oh, dear. Oh, man, a camping trip. Um, uh, I, I no, no, I've got this. It's dead easy. Okay, Undoubtedly, Dan Severn. Undoubtedly, is I would this have the
1: scariest.
3: No, no, no. He no. tells some good spooky He's stories.
2: The he look he might look like a scary guy, but he you can guarantee is. we'll pitch out to and tell him like, "Hey Adam, want to take it to this cheesecake I got it from Austin's <laughs> butcher's." We'd have the loveliest time together. I uh, I pick because of
1: the lucrative chef boyardee. Um, so we would have tinned pasta all weekend.
3: Foley would be good, but I think maybe Delo Brown. I don't
1: Probably know. Just I just shaking think, your head. I just
3: think Delo Brown would be fun to go on a camping trip with. Maybe. maybe Mark Henry. Just the two of them, like yeah, just the two. You would if you with back, the, back. when they were friends before, because uh, they got into lots of Hill. wacky adventures. Yeah, they? I'd like to go on a wacky adventure with uh, Dilo and Mark. Definitely.
1: <laughs> oh, this is a very difficult one. Rock or Austin? Jesus, you can't ask us that. Oh, I should point out as well. There's a couple of questions they were asking us specifically about storylines which were not covered yet, because most of the point of it is to try and keep it secret from Billy. No spoilers. We're not. We're not answering any of the questions that might spoil stuff. Yeah. Sorry about that. But anyway, uh, Rock or Austin? <sighs> And you take take the whole not just the pits we've seen, you take the, the whole career, so to speak.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm gonna say Austin, I think. I mean I, I love them both very, very close, but I mean just thinking back as a kid whenever it came down to Rock versus Austin I was always in Austin's corner like everyone,
3: if it came to the at, chosen, at, at crunch time
2: to... you have to make the decision I always chose Austin back then yeah. so yeah I'm going to stick with that
1: Billy, Rock or well, Austin I
3: can only judge it on from what we've done on the podcast well
2: you saw a lot
1: of The Rock obviously when you got back interested in yeah. like 2011 2012 when The Rock came back yeah so. I, I saw
3: him then um Judging purely from when we started at the podcast, Austin started on sort of say a plateau, and mm. he's he's more or less maintained that high level. Yeah. Whilst I think The Rock's gone from he's a very rising, yeah. he's he, he's gone from very low on the card from the, the first episode of the podcast, he's pretty low down. Yeah, it's true. Where he is even now on the podcast, he's huge. Mm. So I think for that, I'd have to say The Rock.
1: Yeah. That's I think I'm probably going to go with Austin just for the, I the last couple of years like the last two-year run with with Rock and Cena. Mm. You know, at the time I enjoyed it, but the more I think about it, the more it just really rubs me the wrong it way. It soured me on The Rock, unfortunately. I it's set this kind of precedent now, because, you know, Batista's fucking back. It's yeah. going to be it's going to be this thing now that it's a precedent I think The Rock has set, which is like the lad coming back for the WrestleMania yeah. payday. Okay and if, you know, that resorts and guys who are there all year long getting fucked over, then... Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to go with Austin maybe just for that alone. That being said, I think if it came to crunch time, like you said, Adam, I would always side with Austin. Yeah. He was a lot more,
2: I don't know, he was like, he was much easier to, to well, like or whatever. I think as a kid, the thing was like, you know, you like The Rock, but you do still remember that The Rock once was a bad guy. For me, it was like, Austin's always been a good guy. Austin's always been my man, like, so yeah. he's never let me down in the past. Regarding Jeff Jarrett, oh yeah, this is one which we which we received about. Um,
1: basically, people were were pointing out that Jeff Jarrett, was, you know, holding him up for money. Yeah, they're kind of like, oh, that was only money that he said he was owed. We we knew that. I mm. mean, that was mm. pay per view money that he was That's owed. That's his point. Yeah. Um, people wondering if that has changed your opinion on him or anything like that, but I don't think so because I think our point was that you shouldn't hold anyone up for money regardless. No what. Yeah, you shouldn't be doing it. Oh yeah, and the person also went on to say. Uh, that apparently with Warrior, that it was Vince that went back on on his word, and that is why Warrior held him off. Was that Warrior that wrote? That I in? might be. <laughs> it might be. And it's also a good excuse because we remember getting out of the podcast. Not a fan of the Ultimate Warrior. No, <laughs> no, no, I don't, I don't think know. any of us are. Um, you know, yeah, there's a lot of nostalgia for the Warrior at
2: the moment. What with the. Yeah, with hall the Hall of Fame. Of fame. I remember I, I first really properly discovered the Warrior like three or four years ago when I like saw a few clips on YouTube and I was like, oh, this man's nuts. Look at all his promos. And I was like, oh, I love this. This is so funny. I'm going to watch his biography and I, I downloaded the self-destruction of the Ultimate Warrior. And then, yeah, an hour and a half later, i would just been educated on what a horrible man he is. Like you can,
1: there's two ways of looking at them. There's, there's there's two concurrent parallel lines of disdain I have. There's one which is like you hear the stories, like I don't know if you saw the one about with Brett and the Warrior not seeing the the Make-A-Wish kid, like the Make-A-Wish Foundation kid, had come to see just Warrior. He was waiting like in the hallway the whole night, missing the show just to meet the Warrior, and Warrior didn't come out. Oh. And like every other wrestler in the locker room came to say hello, like to make it up to him, but he only wanted to see the Warrior. And oh. he when he sees when you hear stuff like that. That breaks your heart. Then also I mean just the, the the crazy
2: political stuff I and
1: mean, his general hatred what, what, towards what, what, gay people. Yeah, and queer and
3: hate right. I think queer what, and just
1: yeah. to make America work. Yeah, good God in heaven. They called man. Darren <laughs> off a
2: cripple as you said. So, yeah, like, he's,
1: he's just a horrible man, classless individual. Like, uh, but anyway, in, <laughs> that'll be a hell of a Hall of Fame speech. Still want to <laughs> still want to see the Hall of Fame speech. Oh, it's gonna be good. Yeah. Um, but well, yeah, I mean, I like the character, like in the ring, the warrior was was interesting. But like as a person, as a human being, no. Yeah. Um. This question coming from Tom Blackish from Resting on Earth's merch table, which is a fucking oh nice. I'm a fan of that column. Yeah. Very big fan of that column. Uh, I'd like to know the worst piece of
2: resting merchandise each of you own. Oh man, um, I'd say probably quite simply. It's not that interesting, but quite simply, I got for. Three pounds from Primark. This, <laughs> it's not even like the official John Cena Rise Above Hate T-shirt. Ah, oh, like same T-shirt. A very thin sort of like it's crap sewed together in a sweatshop by children kind of <laughs> shitty transparent version of you can't see me T-shirt. That's pretty bad. Is That's it, you can see where they hustle it's,
3: loyalty no, respect. It's, it's it's rise Above like, Hate. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Rise, rise Above, <laughs> above you Hate. You don't even
1: know what's on. Your <laughs> <head. I'm laughs> it you for. wear it all the time. Oh, and Also,
2: my uh, my little miniature Ryback toy that I have, the baby back. It looks nothing like him. Yeah. What's piece um, of
3: merch, Billy? Really. Well, again, I only have one piece of merchandise, which I think is great, but when, I, when I've seen people's reactions to it, they hate it, It was the Sin Cara mask. Oh, man, I, I, remember, I, that. I hate that. No, I, me- I remember si- sitting in uh, Riley's, when, I can't remember what pay-per-view we were watching together. We just went to Riley's to watch it, and they just got some proper dirty looks, because out of the middle of nowhere, one in the morning, I'm going to put on a Sin Cara mask. You've yeah. had a few drinky poops I, did, I had a few <laughs> drinks But then I did see a guy At the front row Who was wearing A very Mysterio mask Yeah you were best mates So I, I went up to him And just sat with him For a while No, no idea who the bloke was but Got him you know. a drink Injured his knee Lovely bloke, <laughs> Lovely bloke. <laughs> oh, What um, about you Kevin? Worst piece of wrestling merchandise I've got a
1: shitload Of wrestling shirts That I don't wear uh i think there's one i have that i like i've worn literally once which is the nexus t-shirt <laughs> i was like oh i had this thing like it was just like i liked nexus, like nexus i go the start i'm like yeah man fuck yeah nexus and like i got the original one the big massive yellow fucking n uh. and then they like debuted a newer version of it like the week later <laughs> and then they debuted a newer version and each version looked way better than the one i had <laughs> and i remember i wore it once it was like a sleeping T shirt at our home of visiting my parents, I had nothing else to wear. And I came down wearing this nexus t-shirt with like the, the the nexus armband bit on his you know, yeah my i think my mother's went n for <laughs> <laughs> so that
2: is easily the lamest i would like to put forward that you have got a one piece of wrestling merchandise that is worse than that and this is my fault actually oh shit that's the jigsaw uh, at christmas i got kevin uh wind waker on the wii u but i actually decided to trick him and put it inside another gift i found for one pound from the local toy shop a 200 piece jigsaw of randy orton performing a clothesline on heath slater not even an rko (laughs) not even like him posing it's him from a shish angle doing a clothesline on heath slater i tried to actually put that jigsaw together
1: and it was around third of the way in before i realized that the jigsaw didn't fit in the
2: box it came in and the result wouldn't be worth it anyway because it's a shit photo thanks a
1: lot david cameron (laughs) 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 big society my ass um, well, that was from Tom. So uh, from from resting on earth. I love that website. I love that calm. His uh, his wife is going through Jim Ross's. Oh, the cookbook, cookbook! Yeah, check it out. It is hysterical. It, ew, Hardy Boys chicken fried steak is Ugh. This, this this thing?
2: <laughs> Joel asks, "If you could magically change one thing about the era, what would it be?" I think we're all going to be in agreement on this. I, I'm probably going to go out and say the uh, the whole sexism thing because it makes us all deeply uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I don't mean to. I, I'm actually going to bring this up now. I often worry that sometimes people might think that we're purposefully trying to come across like we're prudish
0: or
1: holier than theirs yeah. it's not it's definitely not the intent like not at all no. it's because it's we genuine. genuinely sit
3: there cringing whenever something happens
1: very much it's a dangerous one to, to to discuss as well at times because obviously you don't want to get into a big massive chat about sexism and whatnot if you're if you're not, unless you're very sure about it, the point it is that you're trying to make. Mm. It's a tricky subject, obviously, something that's sensitive like sexism. So, yeah, it, every time it pops up in the podcast,
2: I'm always a little worried that, like, oh, geez, I have to be extra clear what the point is here. It's the same whenever Tiger Ali Singh turns up, because I'm like, okay, we're going to have to discuss race now, aren't we? So, yeah, you yeah. don't want to
1: kind of a not-all-men-are-like, you know, kind of yeah. thing coming up. So a good change, one thing about Shadera is that it's not even... I mean, because the sexism is there, but it's... It, Provide something to discuss, but the fact is there so often Yeah. <laughs> I mean, All the time, the <laughs> frequency of Non-stop, that. man. It's crazy. Someone on Reddit once was like, uh, you should make your podcast more vulgar. Come on, guys. There's nothing wrong with a few sexist homophobic remarks like what like,
3: sentence. That's I, like our audience, right? <laughs> I
1: think the problem is is that like you have to like you can't be there's a hard line stance, I suppose we've taken, but you can't be kind of like, ah yeah, it's crying for him to like make fun of that woman there and then like you know, decry it in another th- instance. Yeah. We do have to be kind of like pretty much on our toes when we're discussing that stuff because you can come across as a bit of a fucking Egypt if you're Very not easily. careful, yeah. So that'd be one thing that I would definitely have to yeah, change. I, I, yeah, I agree. Anything
3: that. else? The crowd, the, the um, not that they are vulgar at times and stuff like that, but the vast amount of uh, apathy yeah yeah the consistency of the crowd is always all over the place it's not you obviously still get nowadays you still get the occasional apathetic crowd but there seems to be just during the Attitude Era if they just went to the wrong the wrong place they're just gonna get no love at all
1: the wrong frat buys 200 tickets in the front row or whatever I think that's just a side effect of wrestling being so popular because when wrestling is in a bit of a you know maybe in a downturn Uh, you'll get apathetic crowds because there'll be wrestling fans who are not happy with the product as it is being presented but when you're super duper crazy popular like they were during this point you'll get a crowd full of people who are kind of like oh yeah I saw that Stone Cold guy do the thing with the beer and then like oh 30 minute wrestling match on pay-per-view no thanks I don't actually there's a lot of the fans in the out there at the time didn't actually like the in-ring side of things they only liked the the storylines, and, and, yeah. and I mean, that's just what's what going to happen when you've got like that kind of show. So th- yeah. that is something that would be like to be changed a little bit as well. We didn't mention Mark Mero or Sable. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't talk about and say like, oh, change it thing, get rid of any specific wrestler or person. Like, if,
2: if you're giving me the opportunity to erase one element of the Attitude Era, yeah, I'm not going to waste it on one guy like yeah. Mark Mero because for as much as I hate Mark Mero, we got a lot of enjoyment <laughs> out of seeing <laughs> him get his him. pants pulled down and getting a Sable bomb put on him. This is a great one here from uh, Richard Ross. You know
1: something? The Vig Valbowski is a lot like a Q&A. <laughs> we both get asked a lot of questions, and we both give people what they want. And by that, I mean come. come. <laughs> For Richard's sake. question. What is your favorite Valvena sexy promo? Oh, the pancakes one. Yeah, pancakes. De- definitely pancakes. Yeah. yeah, pancakes is great because it's just so it ridiculous. <laughs> I-,
2: I do love the generic Val Venus formula, though. How it's you know, you know, the big Valbonesky is a lot like X. Something in, and, and then he always the goes shot, like, you know.
1: <laughs> the person asking here from Craig, what is the worst
2: wrestling game each of you have ever played? WrestleMania 18 on the GameCube. That game fucking sucked. I remember it was yes. like ten pence in game stores. It was like worthless. This was that was a, an annoying time. That was the first game that came wrestling game that came out in the GameCube. I had
1: gotten a GameCube, mm. and you know this is before you'd have your you know, your Reddits and your non-stop information on the, on the internet yeah. to know any better. I had Nintendo Official Magazine, which assured me in its pages before I got rest of, wrote to WrestleMania 18, which was fucking expensive. I got mm. it for Christmas. It, it was informing me, oh, it's going to be just like No Mercy but with better graphics. <gasps> like They were making out like, yeah, it's the next evolution yeah. in line. Oh my god, it was not. could be further from the truth. I remember getting that game on Christmas morning and being heartbroken. My yeah. brother came in, who was a massive wrestling game fan. I was like, can you not get a black T-shirt? I'm like, oh, I'm sure you unlock it. You didn't. You couldn't get a plain black T-shirt. <laughs> you can get a plain black T-shirt in the wrestling game in early 2000 when everyone wanted to make their guy look like Fred Durst. Yeah. Fuck you, game. I was gonna say actually like the ECW one from the from the N64 because that was diabolical. Ooh, oh yeah. But no, that that WrestleMania 18 one is diabolically bad.
3: Well, I've not played that one, but we did play the ECW one at, during si- N64. Yeah, that was, and that, was bad. that was the one where everything was re- too quick. Yeah, everything. That, the movements were not fluid at all, and just everything was bad about it. that. It
1: was... was a reskin of a game, which, in fairness, WWF Attitude nostalgia side is pretty ropey to begin That's with. That's a pretty yeah. bad game. No, yeah. I think
3: that I think that ECW one is the worst one I've ever played. Also,
1: WCW Backstage Assault. <laughs> On the PlayStation, which is a game which caused my cousin to break his PlayStation and controller. Because it didn't take place in the ring, it took place backstage only. And he got hit with uh, cattle prod by Sting so many times, he ripped the fucking... Jesus. <laughs> he
2: also plays Vince Russo in that game. Wow. So weird. We so... are, of course, not including WWF Crush Hour on the PS2 ah, here. Crush that Hour. doesn't count. No, definitely
1: not. Um, how big is Batista's dick? <laughs> I'm happy we got that one. Yeah, I, I actually, I'm, I'm surprised
2: I didn't expect that. Yeah,
1: I'm just going to mention that again, Kayfabe commentaries is like routinely like my favorite thing mm. ever. I think they do a
2: fucking awesome. Very time. high standard of quality, have not they?
1: Yeah, the u shoots are always funny. The guest bookers are always informative, and the timelines are always like both. I adore those. I watched the recent one on their website with uh, insane clown posse. Oh yeah, and it was hysterically funny. Uh, check that out, definitely. Uh, is Billy really the baddest man on the planet, or is it all just kayfabe? <laughs> we got several, like four or five versions of you being the baddest man on the planet. Oh, really? and What what qualifies you for that? Um...
3: Well, I don't know because it's a, it's a, it was a name given to me by you, so you'd have to answer that.
1: Well, you broke his leg and he seemed to be all right. Like that's yeah. pretty bad. Yeah, I, yeah,
3: I, I broke my leg and walked around on it for two days without noticing. Baddest he's hardcore. hardcore. Yeah. he's hardcore. <laughs> uh, I suppose that qualifies him, if anything, to be the baddest man on the planet and nothing less. Yeah, yeah I'll take that <laughs> then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if I post you the book, will you read the entirety of "The Fox and Socks" by Dr. Zeus in the manner and cadence of Vince Russo? You Definitely. Know, I, yeah. Yeah. Actually. Send away. I did. Uh, Chris Pilkington sent me over a thing which he wrote, which was a Dr. Zeus um, little piece called "China's Vagina." <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not as I thought it would be. Cracker. I thought it would be really vulgar or rude, or it's actually very good. I might read it later. Please with, do with something. Um, I know Kevin joked the other day on Twitter about doing a Godzilla movie podcast that was not a dro- joke I would definitely do that uh, that made me wonder would you guys ever consider once you've covered everything you possibly could about this era of wrestling about doing a non-wrestling podcast I know for a fact I would listen to any of the podcasts you make uh what would you think oh um, I, I, I definitely would I'd be Yeah, I, I love podcasting I love now. podcasting yeah. like, as, just as a, as a as a platform I think it's great it's it's easy there's relatively it's relatively easy to, to build an audience um, if you haven't listened to any podcasts ever it's hard to understand why podcasts are why is it so yeah. popular and that was the problem we had at the start which people kind of like why aren't you a video podcast but yeah. I, honestly in addition to not me not being able to video edit and not wanting to pursue that like I was a reason why to do podcasts is because of someone who was taking a lot of train journeys at the time of starting this podcast for doing stand up and stuff. Um, podcasts are awesome; they podcasts kill, are brilliant. they kill time in the best way possible. Um, housework, walks, commutes, podcasting. Yes, yeah, so I'd love to do any other kind of podcast. Yeah, yeah. No, it's,
2: it's one of these things where um, I would actually, yeah, I'd love to do another podcast, something outside of wrestling, but. Yeah, the thing is, uh, podcasts are like such a saturated market now. You have to have a very unique idea of what you want to do, which is why we're quite lucky to have stumbled across the Adventure Podcast and
1: in having like Billy as well. Then exactly you know? have something new yeah. to bring to the table. Yeah, so I, I, think- I can't
2: just do another podcast for the sake of it because you know there's probably someone else that's already doing a podcast on my subject that I'd <laughs> like to do. Yeah.
1: yeah, for example, I said I'd love to do a podcast that goes through all the original Japanese um, Godzilla movies because <laughs> I love all Godzilla movies. It's something I love. I'm sure someone already does that, though. Probably, yeah. And yeah. I thought was a Podzilla is probably already <laughs> used. <laughs> it is easily it's been used. Definitely, but like there's some really great ideas out there. There's someone I really want to get into. it, there's someone who's doing a podcast where they uh, review Saved by the Bell episodes. Oh wow! I'd love to do something like that. Yeah, That's something uh, really obscure. Well, yeah, because I mean, like 90s TV. Like, I mean, I think Nostalgia Critic and guys like that. They, I think, they've taken the video stuff to as far Too as you go. But I yeah. think that roundtable audio podcast on that kind. Of areas interesting, interesting definitely obscure like Rocco's Modern Life <laughs> yeah I'd love, I'd love to do yeah. like Street Sharks or fucking something like that very like quickly uh,
2: recommend our favourite non-wrestling podcasts mm. mine being uh, Comedy Bang Bang is an amazing improvised comedy podcast and very recently we listened to the Andy Daly Pilot podcast project is very also awesome. very good as well yeah
1: I, I'm a big fan of both of those as well uh, Neil Hamburger's um countdown to new year's podcast every episode is a new year's eve party brilliant Uh, also as well on cinema definitely on cinema is great Uh, on cinema yeah is one of my favourite things tim heidecker and greg turkington Parody of a movie review you uh, so All basically. these things just showing... Like, yeah, you can, Fantastic. Do, you can do different things with podcasts. I think people yeah. think... When you think podcasting, it's just someone talking. It's easy and it's like... It's, it's lo-fi and it does not... You can't have big ideas. I don't think that's true. You totally term. can. Mm-hmm. And, uh,
2: these are examples of like what podcasting can be.
1: When we are speaking about lots of podcasts, a question we got asked a gajillion times. I've answered it elsewhere, so I asked people not to answer ask it, but they asked anyway. What are we going to do once we finish the Attitude Era? We are going to cover... Like blocks of pay per views, storylines, yeah. things like that. Uh, so things like uh, we would do the invasion in, in a few yeah. pay per views. Uh, what might do a bit of TNA. Bit of Ring of Honor. Um, there's loads of stuff. Do I some
3: um, retrospectives as well on specific wrestlers, like yes. our like, like our Owen Hart yeah.
1: tribute. But do it about a um, you know, like so, like we we'll like Vader top five matches and yeah. like that. so then there's there's plenty of stuff for us to do. Quite a way off yet. Though, Quite a way know. off. It'll probably be rebranded a little bit. It won't be called actually Era Podcast. It'll be called like AE Podcast Presents yeah. or something. We'll get to that eventually. But yeah, we're not going to stop um, just when we hit WrestleMania seventeen. No. It will be like an end-of-a-season type atmosphere. Yeah, though. exactly. Um, so, yeah, that's that's one that we're going to ask quite a bit. Off-topic question, how do you guys feel about the Beach Boys? Big You're, fan. Big fan. I'm yeah, a that sounds beautiful
2: album. Greatest hits, beautiful album. Uh, yeah, I also appreciate anyone like Brian
1: Wilson who spent spend a whole year in bed. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> I think I was saying the other night, I reckon that if everyone in the world aged between 18 and like 55 had, like, a dedicated, you were allotted one year you could spend in bed mm. during that time. I reckon there'd be no murders.
2: I, I yeah. laughed when he said that, and then, like, just, you know, started to think about it a little bit more, and I was like, holy shit, a year in bed? Yeah, you have one year at your disposal. It'd be amazing. You could watch every film you've ever mm. wanted to watch. Yeah. Was, yeah. I think that, uh... So, yeah, big fan of Beach Boys. <laughs> what is the greatest wrestling video game of all
1: time? Um, no mercy on the N64, I would say. Here comes the pain for me. Follow closely by Here Comes the Pain."
3: I did enjoy uh, No Mercy when we played for Sick Kid Safe. When yeah, we were for the first time. Fun. Completely different to wrestling games nowadays. Yeah, It's, I mean- it's
1: competitive. It, it Honestly, I could sit down and play my brother in No Mercy, who I would say if I've had one I've had a thousand matches against, and it still would have a thrill and unpredictability. Mm. I could go downstairs right now and boot up uh, 2K14 with either of you, and we'll have a fucking blast playing it, don't get me wrong, but it will be very much... Uh, Everything gets reversed, and yeah, there's yeah. a certain unpredictability with the older games that they just haven't managed um, to capture. Sadly, not with with the with the more recent ones. Uh, one for the group from Jamie Westy Westwood. You've all said how people like D-Lo and Double J. You didn't realise how good they were until you started the podcast. Is there anyone you remember being awesome from the Altitude era, but whilst doing the show, have realised that they were utter crap? Ooh, I would this one's for you. This, this, this one's for us
2: too. Yeah. Um, There's been instances where, like, so far, Steve Blackman hasn't lived up to what I remember, but, I mean, I've still got time to change my mind about that, and even then, I would not say utter crap. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's been anyone... Taker, you've been very harsh on. Actually, yes. No, sorry, yeah, definitely Undertaker. Definitely Undertaker. Um, I've always, you know, looked back, and, you know, I remember loving Undertaker as a kid. I had the toys, and, you know, I always thought he was this cool, badass, mysterious man. So far in the podcast, I've just, you know, started off well... And then over the past year or so of the timeline, yeah. it's just been getting worse. I'd say and for worse me, it's it's the worse. Undertaker
1: as well. I found myself like it became almost like a running joke in the podcast, me constantly defending him. Like, yeah, <laughs> I just realized it's just like because I mean. I Watch all the Raws as well as the pay per views, and with the pay per views, you don't necessarily get the best view of them. But on with the Raws as well, like he re- ends up just wrestling too much, and, yeah. Yeah, Overexposed. the New Age Outlaws as an act, even though individually I, I like them both and uh, different roles, but as an act, as a team,
2: yeah,
1: there's a lot of teams which become very see through, a lot of acts which become incredibly um, see through in terms of guys who we didn't realize we liked, though, who we've become big fans of so far. D Lo, D Lo, Jeff Jarrett, Jeff, I'm so wrong about Jeff. I mean, the last episode played our old opinions on them yeah. yeah whoa we were way wrong we were way, way, way wrong that, yeah. yeah D-Lo Jeff X-Pac Val Venus, Lo- 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 Val Venus. A- a Luna. Kid. Yeah.
2: as a kid I always remember Valvina's being a really colourful character and funny and everything but I never noticed what an amazing wrestler he was as well yeah so I mean I think that
1: does be the, the main ones anyway one for Billy what is their favourite sign you've seen on the podcast so far
3: oh Jesus um there's been so many uh I, I really enjoyed the one on the last episode which was uh in the SmackDown hotel, was like oh AM AM 316. I was like, and I'm a big fan of uh, been been drinking since 316. That's <laughs> brilliant. Yeah,
1: that's, that's definitely a good one. What would you rather watch, a hundred Mark Merrill matches or a Best of Sable DVD? <sighs>
3: <laughs> uh, I'd probably say Best of Sable DVD because it will be, be shorter, shorter. Yes, yeah i go with
1: Best of Sable DVD as well because it has like one of my favourite best worst angles ever which was uh, Vince McMahon having Sable as a mistress in like 2003 because oh, she's like in her 40s and should know better and Vince is like in his like late 50s early 60s and clearly should know better Yeah, that's just like him and her in these like 10 minute unedited like groping sessions like come here baby and like (laughs) he's just like he's proven this sick point which is kind of like yeah sue me for sexual harassment and you'll be back here a few years later older sadder working for less money and with more skin on show Uh. Uh, but that I found those like so funny that was like you know Mr. America and and Zach Gowen as well that whole era (laughs) Vince McMahon kicking out Zach Gowen's uh, fake leg and then, like, picking up his cane. And, look, he's got a weapon! <laughs> <laughs> I need athletes in here, not That's some freak! <laughs> I mean, I would i would say we're never going to, like, sequentially go through the Ruthless Aggression
2: era, but I would love to there go... There are chunks of it that I find amazing. I'd love
1: to look at some early 2003 SmackDown just to see how batshit insane it got. <laughs> like, it got real fucking bad.
2: Oh, this is very good. What do you prefer, Seinfeld or Frasier and why? Uh, Frasier just because I've only seen like a handful of Seinfeld episodes I'm still getting easily. you
1: into Seinfeld yeah. I suppose but, um, I mean
2: I could gush about why I love Frasier I just think it's a cut above standard sick I love that this is
3: actually a question I, know, I, know. Yeah. <laughs> I, know. I absolutely you love it. you guys Frasier. really know us so much well. <laughs> I love Frasier so much I've only seen I think two episodes of Seinfeld mm. but Frasier I've, I've seen I think every episode and um, I
1: love it. I love I love Frasier as well, and I I tend to like watch Frasier more, but I would I reckon Seinfeld is better. If you mm-hmm. know what I mean, I think Seinfeld is the best in terms comment, of quality. Just yeah. in terms of like from a writing standpoint, yeah, it's easy to take for granted how good it is, but that, that's just me, I suppose. Could you please do more impressions, sing-alongs with wrestling themes? That, I love doing that on a podcast. Yeah, um, it's my favorite bit. is when we actually start singing a wrestler's song and it tunes up perfectly. And you sync
2: it up, yeah, with the the music.
1: Most times it works quite well, like the Deadly Game we did yeah. I know where um, this is going you know where this is going there was an episode recently where we finally did the Mark Henry sexual chocolate song and like for whatever reason, he me and Adam tried to do the singer. So yeah. We were so out of sync. Because we wanted to do, like, you know, It's Sexual Baby.
0: We can do it now. Yeah, That's
1: perfectly. Fine. But for whatever reason, we decided to harmonize out. As, you know, so it's what comes baby. out is, like, I played the music going, it's Sexual Baby.
0: <laughs> it's all over the shop. It sounds like Chris Bilkin has remixed
1: it it's, it's very strange. So, um, yeah, we'll do more of them as long as we can keep... Uh,
3: <laughs> oh yeah, uh, we as enjoy. Long, it. As long as the songs like big train for us to uh, to sing
2: over. I'll be over honest, again. I'm actually a little relieved to hear someone saying that he enjoys those because it was one of these things I assumed like this is very self indulgent. People probably get annoyed <laughs> hearing us sing, but I'm going to do it anyway. The Vince Russo thing was like,
1: do you think the Attitude would be successful as it was now with Trey's current roster and writers? Uh, definitely not. No, no, no so. chance in hell. Uh, no and way. that's not to do with the wrestling business; that is to do with the tastes of
3: the modern world. Yes, Just, times change. um I think, think of all the groups you have at the moment who are against everything on television mm. but we have in 2014. Imagine having that attitude here. You well, know, there's
1: the climate being different as well. But I think uh, it was in the ICW documentary, um, the owner was was talking about like just like taste as a whole, like, in terms of like what was considered to be an alternative, you know, lifestyle, you know, alternative it's culture no back alternative. then, and, yeah, everyone's alternative now. And I don't think it, it it's it's cultures shift. And it's changed, changed he, completely, you know. and I think. Aussie as well, with, with stuff like Twitter and the way everyone's plugged in right now, I don't think you can do wrestling like it was done back then. No way. No, Could no. you imagine Twitter like during the episode of Raw that me and
2: Billy reviewed, for instance? With the miscarriage angle. With and, the miscarriage yeah. of Shawn
1: Michaels. It just wouldn't work anymore. No. Sadly not. I think people keep asking, oh, is that edgy ever going to come back? Like, no, it's no. not. It's never going to get like that edgy ever again. Unless they decide that they like let money less... Or, like, yeah. 1-800-COLLECT becomes a bigger business than Mattel Toys. That's uh, never happening.
2: What is your favourite episode of the podcast so far? Oh, this is dead easy for me. WrestleMania Rage Party, by it, far. Is it because you're not in it, like? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm actually very, very jealous that I wasn't around to review that one. Like, uh, you guys were like, oh, we're going to review WrestleMania Rage Party. And I was like, fine, have fun with that, losers. And, I'm off to watch Rebellion 19. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but it is just the perfect storm. Obviously, you guys are on fire with the jokes, but it's just... The actual subject matter it's is so, so mm. bizarre and far removed from anything to do with wrestling. But I just, I can't <laughs> get a, the, the perfect moment of that is just when you're describing the uh, Cherry popping Daddies as being like a nightmare. And then you splice in the horns going... Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: not wrestling, it's insane. No. That was a fun one to record, actually.
1: Yeah. What, what's fun. your favourite episode I- of?
3: I'd say it's probably Rage Party. Really? I, I, had a lot of, I had a lot of fun doing a Rage Party.
1: One of our... Le- like It's not, let's say, less popular, but it's so less listened to episodes. Oh, it's, so a episode it's a bonus episode, I It's a bonus yeah. one. I, I think people, by and large, the more popular episodes tend to be episodes that people have heard of, oh, like, from pay-per-views that people have heard of. big pay-per-views, yeah. Like, yeah. SummerSlam 99 was one of our biggest... Uh, I think Valentine's Day Massacre was a big one as well. Yeah. Wasn't it? yeah. Um, I think my favourite episode is... I know, it's hard, because, I mean, like, for me, I hate listening to the old episodes...
2: Like the early, early episodes. Uh, <laughs> the, the, you... the, yeah, the, the analogy I make is listening back to the first episode is basically like, let's all go out for frosty chocolate milkshakes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's not it's not the part. Po- it sounds weird. It, it Hello, doesn't... guys. This is the AstroDare podcast. Kevin here. There's a quick little, you know. Yeah, like start, it's, and, yeah, it's so weird. We
1: didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think my favorite episode is either over the age of 1988 because that was the first episode where I was like... All right, we've got. It, it yeah. was the
3: first one as well, where it was so bad that it was just, you know, an hour and forty minutes of just nonstop, more or less jokes. Yeah, I yeah. think it, we, it was we, a lot of fun recording that one.
1: And we like dipped our toe in the in the pool and like knew kind of what people were reacting to. So that 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 was the first episode I, I really like, really enjoyed. My all-time favorite episode would either be King of the Ring '99, which I think it was just like that's that yeah. a very good episode. That yeah. was that was a, an absolute hoot and a holler. Backlash '1999 as well was yeah. a yeah, real that was a fun, fun episode. episode. Um, yeah, you can tell episodes when we're in good moods usually flow a lot better because if we're giddy or whatever. Well, yeah, we're going to take a little bit of a, a break, we'll now, break now, and uh, hopefully the microphone won't break. Alrighty, back in a second.
0: It's only okay.
1: Right, we back. Hey, hey he's fucking doing this podcast here. Yeah. <laughs> Dean Ambrose here. <laughs> Guns are fucking awesome. <laughs> no I like that because this is that just reminds me very strongly of the, the John Carpenter um, Keith day. It was John Carpenter uh, commentary of the um, of the thing where they're clearly drinking. Like <laughs> <laughs> you can hear mixed drinks in the background. Yeah. So, alrighty, come back. More questions. This one is coming from Jacob Federico. What is the single funnest moment you've seen in the run of the podcast so far?
2: Funniest, sorry. Yeah. What made you laugh the
1: most so far?
2: Oh, Jesus Christ. Put me on the spot here. That's difficult.
1: Well, like, the most we ever laughed was either when we did in Backlash 99. Because, like, if I always thought I was laughing like, if, maybe somehow, like, if someone just came across that part. They never heard us before. And they got to us at the end of Backlash 99, where we're, like, Vince Russo and the Midnight Society. Oh, yeah. You, home you, Improvement. You it's killed fu- me at that we, point. We yeah. fucking... Diabolical. Yeah. I was very lightheaded. Uh, at that over,
3: point. over the edge. 98. there's something that really made. Oh, you the cockpit. That was the cockpit. Uh, no, there's the there was something that you really, really laughed. I can't remember what it said. It the said. And then I said, then I said, Slable. Oh, that's fully loaded. That oh, fully loaded. Fully loaded yeah. Even what was that? I don't, I don't think it's just
1: fact that we were we were talking about marrow and uh, marrow and sable and like yeah. and Then you said slable. Sla- slable. Yeah. I, <laughs> I was in a very very bad mood that day, and that just really brought me out of it. In terms of, I just I just found genuinely funny on the podcast. I found like the whole rage party just the concept of start to finish is like genuinely mm, hilarious. Absurd. Absolutely Bar- absurd. Bart Gunn being killed yeah. like that—the comedy of the situation was not lost yeah. on me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, like I don't think other like this genuinely like. Weird, funny, like mankind has made me laugh so many times. Yeah, like SummerSlam '98, where he's like, "Oh, what did you do? It was my car that he blew up. Like my SummerSlam ride." Like, and Aww. he's like, "Vince, step B- into Vince my giving office." giving him the
3: speech is, br- is brilliant. He's like, Sans. "Step into my
1: office," and it's like a little little <laughs> little uh, door underneath the stairs. Like, <laughs> like yeah, mankind al- almost always made me laugh. So, um I think that would be the funny, fun, funnest moment so far. Well, I mean, what's great about the podcast is that. You know, I said we we never know what the stuff is that people find enjoyable until like uh, and the most exciting time is always after the episode comes out to see what what people are talking about on like yeah. the Facebook and all that. Like uh, the British Bulldog, where is my title shot thing at the moment? Like people seem to like that. Yeah, we didn't like consciously like try and make it as, as much of a thing as it's become, <laughs> but like, it was really fun because it's just I think like it made itself a thing. <laughs> yeah, <am I> saying <laughs> it's so fucking much. But uh, yeah, that's that's what's great about the about the podcast and like and having uh, a nice fan base like yourselves is that you know we get like weird artwork like when we after the rebellion episode goes up and there's like british bulldog on the pokemon red screen mm. saying you oh, know a wild bulldog appears <laughs> yeah the that like, makes amazing. my uh, yeah uh, michael yeah, the- scally who um who does fizz versus the world on twitter who does our episode artwork stuff like that is always just like it makes me into like it's so
2: funny yeah like, I know, it always makes me feel like oh you guys are fucking awesome as well for doing stuff like this for
3: chris us. pilkington making the the best of shapes Billy <laughs> made me laugh so oh, here's hard. Here's
1: one actually we can ask now. Uh, favourite Pilkington remix. i uh, the remix of all the ends, ends of all the episodes, with the exception of the latest one, which was the Glad Gay song, which was, was one of Adam's creations. Yeah. All the remixes at the end came from Chris, Chris Pilkington, Pilkington, at Pilkingtron on uh, on the old uh, Twitter. Give him a follow.
3: Pilkingtronics on Pilkingtronics uh, SoundCloud.
1: On SoundCloud, you can see all his, uh, all his songs up there. What was your favourite one of his so far? Definitely Hardcore Fish. Oh, that's it's great!
2: Like, Hardcore fish in, in a big pond. pond.
3: Hardcore fish, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah Yeah, um, brilliant. Yeah. I think for me, I think my favorite is Crew Monday. Oh yeah, well. man,
1: that's great. Yeah, no, Chris is Chris is fantastic. Like, um, I, I feel from going through all episodes and finding bits and bobs. Yeah, box, like, seriously. I don't think my Who favorite one. My favorite one is probably the England ain't nothing but a place <laughs> full of pancakes. <laughs> yeah, because I love the Jack Swagger, real American theme. So anything it is it's brilliant um, so yeah nice side one there what current WWE wrestler do you believe deserves a big break it's
3: only a game so put up a real good
1: fight Jim Davidson actually my boss at work had him for a private function um, oh, no. the, other, the other day. And I was really like, could I get Jim Davidson to do an intro? This is Jim <laughs> Davidson. You're listening to the Attitude Air Podcast. Oi, this is Jim Davidson. <laughs> I assume that's what he sounds like. But I was kind of like, how would you explain that to our boss? <laughs> right, you know wrestling, right? This is why... Like, there's this no is going to a while. <laughs> there's no way to connect those dots. But,
2: um, sorry, yeah. Where what, 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 what else is in currently, do you currently? Would you like to see get a, a big break? I assume a push? Uh, I think at the minute, generally speaking WWE are doing a pretty decent job of pushing the guys that deserve to be pushed at, right now at this moment in time uh, I would say Cesaro but it feels like Cesaro is on his way to getting something yeah. good but all three members of the shield feel like they've got a pretty decent future ahead of them right now Daniel Bryan's obviously you know, fucking stellar at the minute I'd like Cody Rhodes to get a bit more yeah Cody Rhodes I'd like to see back in the spotlight yeah. I, we were talking about this the other day Kevin how like Remember when uh, Sandow betrayed Rose at Money in the Bank, it was like, oh man, this is going to be an amazing feud. And, and now he, are- Cody's going to be the face, and Sandal's going to be a monster heel. And now both of them are just nowhere it's I'd, really so. actually
1: being a big break definitely be Sandow Sandow yeah because mm. he was the kind of
2: guy who like it's
1: hard obviously you know these days we, if you live treat Raw it's hard to get genuine reactions from people and when he cashed in on Cena for money in the bank mm. I remember like it was the first time I just like turned off my Twitter when I was watching Raw because it was like people are ruining this for me because they were yeah. like oh he's got a job he's got a job he's got a job and uh, he really had an amazing outing in that, and I thought, and he lost. And straight away, Everyone I didn't,
3: knew he was
2: gonna lose. I didn't look at anyone point.
1: else's tweets. I just went up and I said, like, You know what? He lost, but I think something big will come from this. And sadly, nothing didn't, did. Nothing and so, definitely Sandow. I mean, Ziegler, you know, I love Ziegler, I adore Ziegler, but he's, you know. Even though it wasn't what it should have been, and it could have been much better. I mean, as long as he's has that moment where he's lifting that world heavyweight belt in front of you know twenty thousand screaming that was people, a he's moment, he's yeah. had his Kodak. You know, he's he's had that much, which is more than most wrestlers get. Yeah, I think- Sanda's never bar money in the bank. He's, he's never gone. And like he's out. been
3: there for so long. Yeah,
1: and he's good. He's yeah, very good. Very very good. i um, so definitely.
3: I think Sandoz would definitely be on my uh, Anyone yeah, else you think? Billy here. Trying to think um, again. Like I'd I'd love Goldust to get. More heavily involved. I don't think he will at this point. I, I think Goldust
1: is grand where he is. To be honest, yeah. like- I think Goldust could elevate Cody. Like they could have yeah. something there easily. Seems like money left on the table. Really, what yeah. they- they've done anything right with back. That.
2: <laughs> Ryback, right, right one more try. Come on, let's have one more go of it. Maybe this time. Maybe the big guy. <laughs> yeah. That's great because
1: it's nice to get to about a little bit of current wrestling because the bits that people only know that we our opinions on are like Ryback, Leo Kruger, <laughs> yeah. and Bad News Paris <laughs> all over the shop, and it? Corporate Triple H. Like. <laughs> so it's nice to get some questions about um, about current stuff. Favorite finishing move, Adam. Oh. You can you can have more than one if uh, if because someone I think there are a few people who are like top five finishing
2: moves and it's like that's a bit too many but yeah Jesus um, genuinely as much as I cannot cannot stand the man the RKO is I, one of the greatest. I was finishing gonna moves I was gonna time. completely echo that yeah, yeah especially that's
3: so good. when it's a, a caught one from off the top rope right. yeah it's a it's in, in, incre- yeah it's it's incredible, incredible crisp move and perfect yeah. Like, yeah.
2: Any, any other ones which would stand out? Oh jeez, I'm sure there's loads, but on the spot, like I can't really think.
3: Um I love um uh Cesaro's uppercut.
2: Yes, the uh, Swiss death,
3: the, yeah. the, the the pickup. No, one, I, yeah.
2: I know what it is for definite, my definite favourite. I've just remembered I always used to be obsessed with this as a kid. Uh undoubtedly Bradshaw's clothesline from hell. Yeah,
1: that's my favourite.
2: Yeah. Inc- well incredible. I say
1: I say like Bradshaw's one, but just in general, the lariat. Like Stan Henson used to do it, Bradshaw did it, Nigel McGuinness did, just the lariat, mm. Like if in this day and age if someone has a lariat as a finisher it has to look awesome so the, mm. generally when it is a finisher it is it's awesome badass, yeah. I could watch Stan Henson do lariats to Japanese dudes for an hour I remember <laughs> you, you, you showed me like a 15 minute compilation of Stan Henson's because he's, bl- so he's half blind He right? was sat there like giggling and like with a big smile on your face and every one of them was just making
2: me go <gasps> <gasps> he
0: just killed a man
2: uh, 3D also uh, finisher
1: which I think is mm. just visually well, it's most spectacular moves ever also well, big fan of the crowd. The Idle pile driver from Jerry Lynn, love that one. Yeah. And the sharpshooter and the Katya Hajime the Taz mission, just as as uh, submission finishers. I think look awesome from a visual standpoint. Yeah, when you look like you have a guy trapped. Like, I yeah, think yeah. They're, they're I may. Cool.
3: Uh, I'm a sucker for a super kick or a big uh, boot yes. to the face.
1: Oh, good old boot to the face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <So> <laughs> big. Brody Lee does a hell of a mm. boot to the face, just yeah. yeah. uh, Luke Harper, yeah, awesome. Worst finishing moves on that end. Oh, Jesus, oh, there's uh, no
2: shortage of shit finishers. TKO because of the man that cannot pull it off like yeah you know? could be a decent move but Mark Murray just can't Sable do it Sable bomb well that's just a power bomb I mean. <laughs> yeah but
1: because Sable's doing it it's rubbish I'm talking about maybe okay a finisher that's crap irrespective of who's doing it okay. as it's meant to be performed I think the uh, the overdrive that thing I, I ripped on it before I think like MVP did you know he put like your leg over their neck and you, oh god yeah that you, is, like, that is anything, rubbish anything for you that just like makes like a really makes me not suspend my disbelief where it looks like you're helping the guy
2: like i've always hated splashes like you know just bounce off the ropes and then do a splash on the guy and that shouldn't be the way to end a match for me it looks silly i Mm, don't think that should be a finish i
3: um i i really don't like a elbow drop which makes your opponent stand up to do another move you know like doing the people's elbow to go up for the rock bottom or um Doing the five knuckle shuffle to get yeah, up for the yeah. AA, yeah. it's it's a move that makes you stand up, and I just do not understand that.
1: I think the skull crushing finale Miz's finisher is, yeah. f- is proper shite. Yeah. Like uh, Ken Kennedy as well, he had the the mic check, which was just like you know the only really you give yourself a rock bottom, basically oh, shit yeah. move. Any you always tell bad finishing moves. Any guy who's like been through a lot of finishers, anything like from the corner. Sin Cara is the original finisher, the backflip. Oh off. for yeah. fucks yeah, come on. Like, that's absolutely ridiculous. It's not a move move. Um, there's another one which I want. To... Oh, yeah, the final cut for the big show. Oh,
3: the final cut. The, the alley oop for that matter. The, the yeah. alley oop.
1: Anytime a big fucking, like, a big monster has a move that's, like, just really underwhelming. Yeah. You know, because remember when Lesnar first debuted, he did, like, 10 moves and when he ran in, and every one of them looked like a killing move. Mm. But when he got, like, a big dude and he does something like the final cut or, yeah, like, you know, a sidewalk alley-oop. slam or, you know, stuff like that. I Basic remember. stuff. Yeah. So those would be the worst finishers. Being a fellow Fraser enthusiast, writes Connor Ennis, I was wondering what your favourite episodes and characters were. Keep up the gatework, guys. Never change your strategy.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> favourite Fraser episode? Uh, the I could pick any episode from the final oh, season. Final season's great. Final season the, dream, nuts. The, the dream episode. Niles, where have you put the baby? The baby, <laughs> the baby Niles! Don't <laughs> smash the baby!
1: Um, I think my favourite episode is... Probably where Frasier comes get the theme song for his. is oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, Nothing says, says terror someone. like the Skirl of the Bagpipe.
2: <laughs> that that might be my favourite as well, actually. Yeah. I that's a damn fine episode. The one in the final season where Fraser dresses up like a clown. And gives his father a heart attack is pretty yeah. good as well. The
3: the one where Frazier dresses up as a baby.
2: Yes. <laughs> and has sex on stage. In front hundreds of children. When uh, Martin
1: gets when Niles thinks he's getting high and Martin's getting high. Oh, that's a very good it's one. like the most basic like, it's such a simple joke, but it's done perfect. well. Uh, I just love it because it's great situation comedy. Like, I mean, yeah. there was a, there was a good bit of heart to Frazier, but it was always it was just like classic situation comedy. It's the same reason why like Blackadder was great. It was the same reason Frasier was great. Yeah. It's just like, oh, why are they gonna do now that blank has happened? Um, all the characters are great. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I mean-
2: obviously, in terms of favorite characters. Frasier, Frasier, yeah. yeah, Frasier. He's an amazing character. Season
1: one to five, Frasier, where the cocaine dosage was clearly like, <laughs> high. Like, yeah. what is going on? <laughs> yeah, that was yeah another behind the scenes peek in terms of the editing process. Well, I started doing like nineties TV show intros for episodes. I've something I want to keep doing, but. I, can't think of enough good ones to do because like, they did like Beavis and Buttheads yeah. I did like a Simpsons one one. The Fraser one. Fraser one Seinfeld Seinfeld one uh, I had an Animal Hospital one raring to go for Hell in the Kennel and it just didn't work but uh, when I played the Fraser theme on King of the Ring 99 it was it was very very close to including a clip of Fraser going what is going on before he went it's <laughs> previously me
0: on Fra- <laughs> <laughs> so go,
1: previously on Fraser, what is going on it's me Austin <laughs> Um. Yeah, but sadly not. But yeah, let's get some Fraser questions up in this Wyatt family versus the Ministry. Writes Matthew Key. Great feud or greatest feud? I
2: don't know, I'm sure it'd be good. Two different teams. Like I mean, like I say, the Wyatt family is one of these teams that like we said earlier. They will stand the test of time. They could be in any era yeah. and it would work. The Ministry could only exist in the Attitude era. I think. I
1: think it's funny is that like. Like if, if you ever do Wyatt and Undertaker which I would like to see actually that's an interesting but, idea but um, Wyatt would run circles around Undertaker in terms of the uh, on the microphone because oh yes. Yeah. think about it Wyatt does what Undertaker always wanted to be able to do which is to say this really deeply profound poetic stuff you know just off the top of his head in a but charismatic way Taker word. is always like there are many d- dragons which come to my
2: lair you know well, I want to see Bray Snake Wyatt do boots <laughs> <laughs> I want to see Bray Wyatt do Undertaker's promos yeah I just take some old Taker promos and give them to Bray what I want, John Cena, is your blue. <laughs> <laughs> Big Wyatt fans
1: here, definitely. Mm. Fred Lemire asks, who shot Jay Moore?
2: A, not a Dallas guy. Actually,
1: I, yeah. Uh, no, on fairness, though, in terms of all the 90s TV that I'm always spouting off. I mean, yeah, it is a safe assumption. I would like Dallas. Never watched Dallas. Never watched a single episode. Uh, I had a babysitter who, like, once grounded me and my brother, like, so she could watch Dallas. So it was, <laughs> had a seriously negative relationship with that show. So, uh, <laughs> no, I haven't seen. i never seen Dallas. If you decided to kill your own creation and inject oh, us with so. a lethal dose of poison, <laughs> what person or persons would you recruit to accomplish your nefarious aim?
2: So basically, if you had to bring the NWO into the podcast... How would you ruin the Attitude podcast,
3: essentially? <laughs> There's no way to say it so like a dick, Yeah, I know,
2: I just... I, it, What uh, part is it a name popped into my head that <laughs> I'm not going to say? Um, well, no, I suppose a, a surefire way to ruin it would be to, like... Oh, we'd get rid of our microphone as bad as it is and we'd get like a five pound rock band microphone yes we'd do it over Skype instead we'd do it over Skype we with wouldn't... a laggy connection there'd we be ten of us we
3: wouldn't
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> we wouldn't know each other
1: <laughs> and uh yeah all we do was complain about Daniel Bryan's push <laughs> <laughs> um honestly I think, I think there was there's two ways to kill the Out podcast one which would be to make it weekly like someone has suggested Ooh. Two would be to first review every episode of Raw, like someone else suggested. Oh, um, anything like that that would just like make it overkill and yeah. it no
2: longer being fun. You'd know, to kill the Attitude podcast or get rid of it.
1: Really, yeah. I? I mean, uh, when you have an old podcast, There's you know, two things you can do. The only thing I could do would get uh, what's his face Mark Madden on. Um, <laughs> yeah. And people who people are asking us like to get guests. Like someone's like, "Hey, why don't you get Ken Shamrock to do an episode?" It's like, what? <laughs> He's going to sit in with us and make jokes. Yeah, it's like. It, any, I actually, sure, if you were far away to really hear the podcast, it'd be like to have it like with people who, if you didn't know, like, just having guests on who we didn't know or like. Yeah. I mean, I don't think the reason the podcast is any like fun at all is because of the,
2: it's just the three of us. Like, chemistry, we know each other. That's and... not a
1: knock on anyone. I mean, not I at
2: all. No. I'd love to have people on but I'm just not sure how it would work I, I'm only confident doing it with us three because I know that I can talk to you guys comfortably like he you
1: know. knows how I take my team like you
2: know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but
1: yeah that, that, was a, that was we managed not to bury too many things by answering that question <laughs> oh there's a nice follow up question here unrelated uh, would you ever do a crossover episode with the lads from OSW Review to see, I, we, I
3: don't... What would we review?
1: <laughs> yeah, this that's the thing. I'd I, love to do some sort of collaborative thing. I think that would be awesome. Hmm. Um, we've asked like people as well if we would do something with Matthew. And I just, again, have to figure out what it would be. What it would be. Because yeah, be, honestly...
3: I'd be completely game to do it, but we'd have to find something that we mutually be all able to talk about and also and as well guys, there's,
2: there's three of us yeah and there's, three, there's of, three of us like Royal Rumble 2010 six voices like, on podcast yeah. is a little much like yeah
1: it would be like when they had like a million commentators on a Money in the Bank or Royal Rumble match it'd have to be a tag team podcast where you just tag in an hour. Like, if you want like do, s- do exchange yeah s- send you over to Ireland you have like <laughs> you have like six people on over Skype who don't really know I mean we never <laughs> spoke. Never spoke. No. I don't know if it would I, I that being
2: said, I still would love to do something. Like I'm doing oh, it. would be fun yeah, to yeah, collaborate yeah. on something, yeah. Just it'll be figure out what it is. The, the logistics of it would just be strange as all.
1: Yeah, we just do like all the YouTube people do and then like do a cut and pretend you're in the same room when they're actually somewhere yeah. else. I, I don't know. Well I I know I'm to the idea, but like the most obvious route would be awful. Yeah. And I I would say that as well for people have asked if we want to do something with um, Matthew or new generation projects, They asked me if I'd do an episode a while back. And again, it's just uh, I don't want to shake up the dynamic of anyone's show and potentially put out something that was crap. Yeah. So we should figure out a way to do it. Who knows? Well, who knows? I'll put that one on the back burner for now. What tie team from the Adage era do you enjoy the most? Uh, Dudley Boys for me. Closely followed by the Acolytes.
2: Yeah, no, uh, I I would say Dudley boys or Hardy boys, but looking back at, you know, just from the timeline where we're up to at the minute, Edge and Christian, I would say. Yeah, um, that's
3: all I can go on as well, and I think it's Edge and Christian for me.
2: Don't know if I've ever said this on the podcast, and I've definitely said it to you in person though, Kevin, it's just like, Edge and Christian, when I was a kid, they were heels, and so I was like, oh, Edge and Christian, they suck, they're rubbish, They're, they're, they're crap, and I didn't get the fact that they're a funny tag team, and you know, they actually are... Athletic and really talented So looking back now I'm actually getting a chance To finally really enjoy Edge and Christian in their prime Definitely uh, This one's for you Adam If you had to pick Your all time favourite grunt What would it be and why? Oh come on You already know the answer to this guys Let's be honest here Like Genuinely it's obviously gay Alright, anyone besides gay Besides Glarge, um I think we've mentioned it on the podcast before. <laughs> is, Glargay is so, so fucking funny. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the famous, I think we talked about it, Undertaker and Randy Orton and the Hell of the <laughs> Cell. Twice, ropes, two they do different times. it on times. two separate occasions. With <laughs> <laughs> but no, this is this, just this, this to actually talk about Glagay for a second here. I love Glagay. It's become so a very much. big part of my life. I just want to take a minute to talk about it And it's now gone. Like, um, the, the, it was the first Grunt of the Night, obviously. Yeah. And there wouldn't even be a Grunt of the Night if was it wasn't for that. I just remember watching it and, you know, watching the match, making notes. And then Jeff Jarrett just threw, I don't know who it was, it was like, draws or someone into the ropes and caught him. And just, suddenly goes, like, And I'm just like, excuse me <laughs> you know, that's not a noise that is, you can't just make that noise for no reason I see I loved about it it was that like it, it was early on it was like a
1: cool segment because I knew we wanted to have like segments on the show but I knew I didn't want to just like
3: that's come organically yeah, yeah that's
1: come organically I didn't want to just, like rip off like you know OSW and just take their segments
2: or something like that. you know I wanted to like first couple put our own ones but Grunt of the Night is fucking class but then it also just became a thing like where i become so obsessed with Glargate and that people can vouch to this it got a little much at one point which again it's like so i just been like, get home from work and sit down in the chair and just go, ah, yay! Yeah. <laughs> <struck, laughs> like, it just became a, a sort of cathartic noise. How hey, you would uh, we,
1: you would say in the mornings, if you saw someone, you say, a good day and a glad gay Yeah, no, I know, I started saying <laughs> that <laughs> quite a lot. A no, glad gay people, to you? People
2: that know what a glad gay is have no idea what I'm talking about.
1: And you were initially quite resistant
2: about me using the glad gay community, but uh, you yeah, bellowed out on that. That's uh, only because it's AJ Styles though, yeah. not because of glaregay. One last little thing as well is, um, this is what people may not realize about the grunt of the night is I will watch the pay per view the night before recording. I will see, say the gay, and I will write down, oh, 48 minutes or whatever, gay. And then the next day, I'm recording with you guys, and I look at my notes, and I'm like, wait, what's that grunt again? Like gay. And if you listen back to the first ever grunt of the night, I, 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 I go like Jeff Jarrett throws him into the ropes, catches him, and goes
0: because
2: <laughs> I don't know how to interpret my notes.
1: <laughs> it's funny because like when I'm when I'm like editing the episode and like Adam was giving me the time code there and he's like and then he goes and he like he the and different says, sound altogether <laughs> yeah. like.
2: that's why I'm glad you stopped including my impressions of the
1: grunts oh I thought there's something funnier than like you saying he goes and then playing the actual noise and then immediately after it you're like incorrect <laughs> <laughs> this comes from Arturo Hernandez who's our main fan out there in Mexico thank you very much for running in asking us why we're going to end at WrestleMania 17 and would we not consider the invasion part of the Ajed era well I I would much like picking WrestleMania 14 as a starting point WrestleMania 17 people make arguments that it's other places Uh, when we get to that point We will have our our arguments slayed out. But, I mean...
2: I would say from 17 to the end of Invasion is sort of like transition. It's not not ruthless aggression. It's post-Attitude Yeah, it's the way out of Attitude Era. But we're we're reviewing literally just the pure Attitude
1: Era as it is. That's, that's, That's
3: the appendices... Yeah,
1: yeah
2: exactly
1: that's the epilogue with yeah. all that stuff um, yeah so there you go we will have a proper uh, proper chat about that when the, when the time comes to it Warren Doyle writes in at our school there were three lads who called themselves the brood and used to leave water on top of doors
0: <laughs> <laughs> so when students wa-
1: <laughs> so when students walked through they got a bloodbath. do you two play ribs or planks on each other and what's the best prank you've ever done I don't think we've ever done anything. I
2: think, it's not like kind of friendship really, is
1: it? Um, I think we
3: we're, You've pulled a prank on me. me. Me and you used to do pranks before like You have pulled a merciless prank on me before. God, it wasn't that bad. Oh, it was that when a you, bad mood. Was that when you tried
1: to put like a you tried to put like a fucking what is like a treasure hunt or something from Billy Wise?
2: Right, very quickly summing this up. I remember just uh, like Quickly sum up in a way that doesn't make you seem like a weird <laughs> I
3: mean, all right, so I wake up incredibly hungover, I go to the kitchen to get some baguettes. <laughs> cause I'm, hung I'm hungry. hungry bro, I want my baguettes I'm hungry, I'm hungover I need my baguettes I open my cupboard, doesn't open Adam, continue
2: Okay, so basically we figured out that we could lock Billy's kitchen cupboard and so we made him go on a scavenger hunt to get the key back and it was like a really long took him all around the apartment building you had to get downstairs, you had to there was one clue that involved him having to phone Kevin and give Kevin a code so that Kevin could relay the which next
3: message. Which I was, I was pro- totally not on board There's <laughs> a maths problem, and I worked out the maths problem correctly, and you'd given Kevin the wrong number. Yeah, so it didn't work anyway. And then, yeah, after all that,
2: you had to melt a block of ice to get your key out. And there wasn't even a key in there because we said that you could just unlock it with a spoon, which is how I did it in the first place. That's the only prank I've done. One time I went to Adam's
1: house and bet him a poker loads. Yeah, you hustled us all. I hustled hustled everyone. everyone, everyone.
2: You you drank three cans of Super Lager, (laughs) ate my flatmate's peanuts and shouted at everyone that (laughs) night. It wasn't Super Lager, it was cards potion. (laughs) (laughs) Alrighty,
1: do you guys have any favourite WCW wrestlers? Uh, Big fan of Scott Hall? Um, Bucket tea, Bucket tea, and like Sting yeah. as well that's quite a lot of DDP we we reviewed a very shitty period yeah we did sadly. actually I'd love to go back and do some like you know Star K97 nice like- WCW yeah that's another thing which we'll, we'll probably tackle at some point um, what is your favourite Nando's
2: sauce garlic and herb Really, definitely garlic and herb.
1: Yeah, my
3: favourite is lemon and herb. Uh, it's also very nice. Yeah. Regular
1: peri peri for me, I have to say. Regular, yeah.
3: yeah. I'll always have it cooked. The chicken actually cooked with the hot sauce. Yeah, but then the hot have, sauce. Then there. I'll have the, the, the nice flavourful sauce.
2: Thanks for asking.
1: What famous film would you like to see remade completely with wrestlers? Oh, no, that's a good Ooh. idea. Uh,
2: Predator. I Predator, I would like. Predator. That'd yeah. be good. Yeah. Uh, Battle royal. Just all the all <laughs> the kids
3: are played by wrestlers. Yes, that'd be good. I'm trying to think. Uh, I don't know. Something like any kind like, of an ensemble some, movie. It's a Mad with. Mad World. Yeah. Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> Ocean's, Ocean's Eleven would be fucking brilliant. Um, yeah. Mickey Blue
2: Eyes <laughs> with Paul Heyman as their own. 12 Angry Men. There you go. Oh, yes. really 12 Angry Men with all the best talkers from wrestling.
1: That would be brilliant. Like Piper, Punk, Rick Flair. Austin, Flair. Yeah. ME <laughs> What going on in the jury tonight? <laughs> What do you consider to be the biggest misconception about wrestling fans? Um, I would say that that wrestling fans are as by and large as like it, there's a there's an opinion if you listen to like say Jim Ross's podcast, he thinks he's of the opinion that like most fans who post online or on Twitter or whatever are of the that very negative ilk. And I think the biggest misconception is that they are a majority or even a and large chunk, I think those people are much more a minority. I think if you found, what I've definitely found from doing the podcast is the vast majority of wrestling fans out there are like smart, intelligent people who know the innings and outs of how wrestling works. They're they're smart of business,
2: but they're not smart marks. If and more even... importantly, they know that it's just wrestling. Yeah. It's yes. wrestling. It's no biggie. Like if, if you're not enjoying what's going on in wrestling, it's still just wrestling at the uh, end of the day. Yeah,
1: Matthew has that amazing uh, creed, which was uh, enjoy it when it's good and laugh at it when it's bad. Yeah. And I think the biggest misconception on fans is that more people actually probably... Uh, adhere to those principles that yeah. people would realize. It's just that the angry ones who are like they kind get of more. ah, I hate to say it with Daniel Bryan, Chris Benoit will never be in the Hall of Fame. Ah! <laughs> you I, know,
3: I think a big misconception for me is for for people who don't like wrestling, legitimately think that we think it's real. Yeah, it's like it's, you, you like, it's, it's sti- a generational thing. It's a generational thing, but like you still find like we're at university where people, are, uh, you'd, I'd say people are a bit more open minded to things. Uh, but still, the amount of times I've told people I'm I'm into wrestling, and say, they say to me, it's it's not real, you know. So well, like, I think it's I funny. Fucking know uh, it's not I, real. I just one of my favourite
2: examples of this is when we were watching wrestling in my old flat a few years back, and. You were around, Kevin, and my flat—my old former flatmate—walked in. and So we were watching wrestling. I remember this. I think it was Edge versus Mick Foley. The oh, was, was on. F- oh, WrestleMania 22, which is like my favorite. Was on my on She came in and was like, "You watching wrestling? Like, yeah. You know it's fake, right?" And I just remember you turned round, like bright red, pointed at the fire on the screen, and went, "Oh, I suppose that's fake fire as well, is it? <laughs> it's just a load of orange crepe paper." <laughs> I was. Uh... Which she promptly left the room again. <laughs> there's no. There's none
1: worse than like. W- that is, it is genuinely irritating when someone thinks that they're like cluing you in, like,
2: like "Oh, I'm gonna finally tell in the secret."
1: Yeah, and you would mind yeah. as well. Like, by and large, they're usually fucking aegis themselves. Like, mm. it's some big thick fucking cunt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you
1: know, wrestling's not real. Really, <laughs> fucking, really. Like, it's it's so bad. Like, because it's people. Like, they are people in their late twenties, and they'll come up to you and like act like you don't know yeah <laughs> it's crazy that, that is ridiculous do you
3: legitimately think that there was a chance that uh eddie guerrero and ray mysterio had a match for custody of a child <laughs> <laughs> do you not think that'd be something for social services to sort out
1: <laughs> yeah i remember like, it was once in like in school i was like me and my friend, me and a friend were watching like uh we were watching, like, some WrestleMania or something like that at lunchtime, and, like, some guy came over, and he was, like, The Undertaker. You know he's not even dead, like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, really, like, you know. And then, like, you get people, and the, they're the other end of the spectrum. They're, like, kind of, like, oh, God, you still watch that wrestling thing? Remember the whole stupid Egypt stuff happened when Eddie Guerrero died? Like, you know. Oh, it's, for It's, for like, God's you know, sake. when people are, like, that, like, misinformed, yeah. it's shocking, like. Um, you know what it is about wrestling that... Specifically, because I think people look down on a little bit, mm. they're a lot more confident in their misconceptions. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, like, I think that, say, like, something like the X Factor is complete bollocks. But mm. I'll never go over to someone in the X Factor and go, you know, that the voting's rigged a lot. I mean, because yeah. they don't give a shit. But people feel this need. Obliged. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it's like, no, that is silly. You know, and I think it's just, yeah, wrestling will never be mainstream. Never, no. Mm. Even it's losing,
3: it... it's, it's losing the stigma. I'd say so more so the past couple of years. You think so, but like at the
2: end of the day, people, you know, find and It's still one of these things that whenever I bring it up, I always get funny looks like, you know, oh, uh, what are you up to tonight? I'm going to go watch wrestling. Like, oh, wrestling, really? Yeah. Like, yeah, for some reason, it's just still a
0: deal. I don't know.
1: Could you do an ad for Zumba Pants in the voice of Vince Russo, British Bulldog, and X-Pac? Only if Zumba pay me. Uh, <laughs> Zumbas, uh, I'm not wearing my Zumbas at the moment, but um, I'm, still, I'm still riding that high, high weight. You're greatly in too. love with them, yeah. Definitely. Do you think the face-heel commentary team gimmick works anymore?
3: Hmm. It has I, its moments, I think.
2: I actually still think we should have face and heel commentary team. I'm annoyed that we don't. We have like JBL is sometimes a heel. Uh, Michael Cole's always a what face. Was that when he
1: says "wambulance"? <laughs>
2: and then King is just there. Yeah. Like, I think the commentary desk is a fucking mess at the moment. Problem
1: with heel commentators. It's a it's a point with Jerry as well. Um, is that commentators really get get their comeuppance? Because, like, Jerry Lawler will be there making a random sexist remark... Or, like, saying something off off colour... Or, you know, something really awful... But he never gets called out in it, and he never gets beaten up as a result. So, I think mean, that's the problem. It doesn't
2: problem. necessarily have to be. It's more of just a foil-for-the-face commentator. Yeah, I, I suppose it's like kind of... Look at Heenan. He wasn't sexist or anything. He didn't need to get his comeuppance.
0: Yeah, that's but true. he was still a great heel commentator. Yeah. Uh,
1: I suppose, as well, people get concerned with heel commentators that they're more concerned with getting themselves over. Mm. Uh, I suppose, back... I mean, my favourite commentary team of all time is, is Jesse Ventura and Gorilla Monsoon, because I think Jesse Ventura is the greatest villain commentator ever. It's yeah. so funny. But I think... The problem is, is that, like... Yeah, I mean, if you've got, like, a commentary who's ragging on guys, and, like, in the current product... Like, say JBL is heel. He makes fun of Kofi Kingston. What fucking recourse has Kofi Kingston got, then, to prop himself up? Because he's going to lose, probably,
2: twice in this week alone, so... I don't see how that's a thing affected by this generation, though. Like, I mean because they're on TV more there's
1: more matches they lose as opposed to I mean, like Paul them. Heyman's
2: probably the best example of how you do it because he didn't go as far as Jerry Lawler to be sexist and stuff like that Yeah, but he was still a brilliant
3: heel who are your favourite commentator teams of all time? Um, probably JR and Paul Heyman yeah. actually how about you I've, I, I really haven't seen much I've seen I had I've seen JR and Jerry for this I've got the current team and then back in 2006 2007 I had fucking
0: jerry and coach <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> and
1: well, wait, all right. jr and king is better than the current announced team though you would say surely? oh yeah definitely certainly. definitely yeah um alrighty moving on can wrestling be a vehicle to tell serious? Oh, this is a fucking seriously this is an amazing question from alex quirk uh, can wrestling be used as a vehicle to tell a serious sto- story about heavy subjects like drug addiction and sexism because we've obviously encountered a lot of these before and we've yeah. completely buried them just to been ham-fisted in the past yeah and I don't think it's like our issue with it our beef with it has never been its use I mean I'm not kind of like how dare someone make a storyline about sexism I think it's about if you're going to handle touchy subjects you have to ha- take that responsibility and yeah. handle them with a bit of tact definitely and, and that's
3: and, just something that the WWF and, and WWF have been unable to do I think so of, yeah. yeah I
1: mean when they did Hawk's personal demons thing it's like what he fucking made out that he was on drugs and pills and he jumped off a of titantron and nothing transpired as a yeah. result, really. they That's...
3: could have turned that into a legitimate thing and sort of a, to raise awareness for substance abuse I I mean, know, they I'll,
1: didn't I'll be honest I don't think any group I don't think it's just a WWE thing I think it's wrestling as a whole I don't think anyone's managed to figure that out to a really serious angle yeah. but really heavy subject material because you know that um, wrestling underground I forget what it was called it was the Jeff Katz thing with the Kickstarter it was meant they were like it's going to be wrestling, but it's going to be filmed like The Wire. It's going to be like episodic and really <laughs> right. deep story. Okay. And like, it was like, okay, I get what you're doing here. And the project never really came together. They released some footage of it. And like the whole thing was kind of like uh, Joey Ryan, you know, legalized sleeves, that dude. And he yeah. was like the main character in it. But the idea was that he was the young, up-and-comer babyface. But you find out in the end that he was gay. And like they did like a thing where he, he found he, out. you know? No, the, the, everyone <laughs> found out that he was gay. He was all he was right. outed from the cousin at the end of the episode. And like you know, all the heels are like, yeah, that's right, faggot. And Jesus. everyone and it was like kind of like meant to be this like kind of oh my god, that's not on, is it? Like let's all rally behind him. And everyone just like sat around awkwardly because it just didn't work. Like yeah. and it's like you, you, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I think the wrestling can be a vehicle to do handle more. I would serious subjects, so, But it's not been done properly yet But the thing is Wrestling you have to realise At the end of the day You are men dread Wearing very few clothes Pretending how to fight Pretending to fight So don't take yourself So fucking seriously If you're
2: going to If you're going to try And send a message Maybe there's a better medium To do it through Than wrestling Yeah I think wrestling Doesn't need It doesn't need To be
1: tackling Burgeoning no. social issues You know it's, it's wrestling It's wrestling I want yeah. escapism You know But that's That's just me I don't think during the age era That they can handle Any of those subjects With definitely any sort not. of attack <laughs> Definitely not uh, Alright, so I should ask you what each of your favourite non-wrestlers is in WWF during the time period that you're covering. Um, so, favourite non-wrestlers?
2: Vince, Shane. Vin- Vince McMahon is definitely number one, undoubtedly. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm, I'd am just say all-time as well. I would include those. All-time, Vince is definitely number one. Yeah, Vince. Definitely. Shane
1: would probably be number one for me. Closely second would be Vince. Yes. Paul Heyman. Um, Jim Cornette. Jim Ross.
2: Jim Ross, yeah. yeah. yeah I
1: mean, I think they, there's a great cast of characters there. Mm. Definitely. Um, What is your favourite Kevin Kelly nickname?
2: Uh, the K Fabe, because that's the only one I let. Fabe, you, yes. That's the only one I let you get away with. I didn't give you a hard time for that one. K Babo was
1: my favourite. No, uh, <laughs> ridiculous. Just uh, dropping a heavy reference to Sunny in Philadelphia, which is a fantastic show. Um, do you guys have any local wrestling promotions that you all go and see on a regular basis? Uh, we, we
3: have never been to a wrestling show together. No, no we've not. No, we
1: haven't. Southside Wrestling is near us. I know PCW sounds awesome. I want to go. We should check it out then, sometime. Yeah, we've got
3: go. one which is literally up the road from us, oh, but it's it looks not real. it, it looks wrestling. so shady. That's yeah. not a wrestling company. It's that's a like, front.
2: That's a bunch of lads that were like, oh, let's put on a wrestling show this weekend. And yeah. What
1: promotions besides WWE do you follow on a regular basis? Ch- Chikara, Chikara is the yeah. other one. Yeah, we and... were actually, before the podcast started, one of the reasons how we kind of all realised that we really like watching wrestling together and showing each other stuff was uh, I got Adam the King of Trios collection. Christmas for 2012. Christmas, yeah. And we watched a good chunk of that together. Yeah, and we did. We were all very much in love with Chikara and the Chikara return pay-per-view is going to be just as big a day as Wrestlemania for, yeah. the, for us guys probably a bigger day like,
2: yeah. I mean Wrestlemania is always one of these things where I get really excited like oh it's Wrestlemania happy Christmas everyone kind of thing and then by 5am we, we you inevitably of, get let down we all go to bed disappointed and tired whereas Chikara I know we can bank on that like. definitely uh, in terms of any other shows I used to follow TNA pretty regularly gave up
1: tried again on two separate occasions in the last year the most recent one being like last week I tried to start again can't do it. I've, like,
3: I've tried on four or five uh, different occasions get to get into it's TNA. It's very
1: difficult. I understand that During it, I'll, I'll give them a few months and let let what they're doing stabilize, and then I'll yeah. come back to it. Like, but right now, it's it's not for me. Uh, Ring of Honor. I used to be very big into Ring of Honor as well. Um, NXT. NXT Society, actually yeah is a big one with... Wrestling
3: Society X yeah <laughs> big fan well NXT, no, NXT you're obviously a big fan of NXT big mm-hmm. fan of NXT uh, do, you, do you watch it oh, I no no I, I've only ever seen like the occasional
2: match here and there whenever like someone's making a buzz about oh this match was brought on NXT I'll watch it or you know the promos or whatever but I've never been a regular watcher I really since they've
1: moved to Full Sail you and I have watched it pretty much every week haven't yeah, it's, it's the best weekly episodic wrestling show there is easily uh, Pro Wrestling Gorilla, I want to get into just don't know where to start uh, all in due time, though, as they say. What are
2: your favourite musics? <laughs> What's your favourite music, Adam? Oh, that's a very, very broad question. La- like. Last FM slash Biblops, <laughs> <laughs> uh, have a look. I like a lot of music. You, I can't really you, define you, it. You like the Beatles? Beatles, are my favourite band, but I mean that's not representative of what I listen to. I listen to a lot of different things nowadays. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah,
3: I've I've got 50 days worth of music on my laptop. You do have a truly eclectic taste in music. And I I listen from everything to, like, black metal to, like... Uh, ambient, sort of. Electronic yeah, not that, music. that black
1: metal and ambient would be the two ones that would be most common or anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, like folk music. If Billy put his iPod on shuffle, it would like drive me into fits of both <laughs> irritation and agilist joy. <laughs>
2: B- Billy's birthday party a couple of weeks back, the playlist was all over the shop, yeah. man. We were having a massive go. <laughs>
1: uh, I like Captain Beefheart. I like uh, I like Tom White's I love Devo, Pixies. Sixty stuff I love. I I, I've kind of fallen out of music. since coming Too many to, podcasts. Too many podcasts, yeah. uh, really. I used to do a music show back in the day, but uh, podcasts have kind of taken away a lot of that. Um, big fan of... I think we're all quite big fans of the Mike Tenet album that's come
2: out recently. Oh, yeah. yeah, like yeah. <laughs> sweet. Go to Bandcamp right and put in Mike Tenet, the same spelling as the announcer from TNA. That is an amazing album. What are your favourite wrestling theme songs? Ooh... <sighs> I like this one No chance in
1: hell No chance in We watched the Jim Johnson doc recently Oh that was so that good That was awesome Really good Yeah um, Mr. Perfect's theme Jake Roberts' theme Million Dollar Man theme uh, um,
2: Mankind's Common, Common Man Boogie The Dusty Roads theme Is probably my awesome. favourite I think
3: Yeah um, Big fan of the Real Americans theme Oh yeah. that's great uh, Saboo's theme Oh Saboo's the Sassy <laughs> Amazing I tried
1: to work that into a stand a bit before, and it never quite worked. <laughs> um, the music, I think. Um, yeah, I, I'm a ECW theme song. All the, actually, most of the guys in ECW had great Plural Like music, pri- mm-hmm. amazing music. Raven had The Offspring. Dreamer had Man in the Box. I I, lo- I Wrestling music is something I really really love yeah. Like I've always been Really into
2: themes I'm glad um, that Jim Johnson Got that documentary recently To sort of Like you know Go well actually yeah I know that everyone likes Wrestling music But it is important Let's talk about it for a minute and it's, it's honestly It's recognition That it deserves
1: I, I struggle to watch wrestling That has not got entrances With music It makes all the difference It really really does uh, Real American By Hulk, H- Hulk Hogan's theme Is fucking glorious What right. a song yeah. So like, it's such a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah. What would you say would be the best of all time if you just pick one though? Ooh, it's a toughie.
2: Maybe Stone Cold Steve Austin's music. Yeah. Just because not from a musical point of view because I like there's several just wrestling just iconic. songs. There's several wrestling songs I have on my iPod that I will listen to when I'm walking around town, but I would mm. never listen to Stone Cold's music. But in terms of like getting the crowd to the place where they need to be and setting a tone that you want for your show. You play Steve Austin's music and yeah. you're set for the night. Like. That's true. Mm. I think for me, it's probably no chance.
3: Yeah. So I'm, a, I'm a real sucker for Real Man's Man. Real Man's Man is Being great. Because as soon as I hear that bell whistle, you it's know, gone. I'm You know, I, shit's coming down yeah. like...
2: Just a little quick mention to it. Uh, if you haven't seen it before, go onto YouTube and uh, look for the unplugged acoustic set of Big Show's theme tune. <laughs> <laughs> it's the lads that do the theme tune all sat there on like bar stools and an acoustic guitar go like,
1: Well, it's the Big Show! Boss <laughs> Tight bands like, uh, do you think Triple H gets a bad rap for marrying into the family? Fair enough, 2002 onwards, he had way too much stroke. But I reckon 98, 2001 Triple H was a fucking beast of a performer and earned his spot. Um, not to spoil anything like in terms of upcoming stuff, but I think what we're seeing so far from Triple H is a very fucking hard-working wrestler. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. And I think, yeah, he does get maybe a little bit of a bad rap because... It was a shame that he was kind of like a top guy on a brand, Raw 2002, when there weren't a lot of other top guys. I mean, you had like Kane, Rob Van Damme, like Austin was gone, Rock was gone, Foley was gone, Taker was not on the brand, Lesnar wasn't on the brand, you'd fucking Goldberg. Yeah. So, I mean, you ended up having two years with a lot of Triple H and Shawn Michaels. So I think it was, you know, it was a necessary evil. I hated it at the time, but I mean, yeah, I think that obviously synced up a lot with. With with him marrying into the family around that time yeah, as well, yeah. it was unfortunate that he married in around the time where he was on TV nonstop, too much.
3: Uh, but I, I think that even if he didn't marry into the family, he still would have had that exposure because he did have the personality, he had the talent that could back it but up. But
1: even just longevity, because I mean, come on, two thousand and four, bar him. Who else is still standing from the Attitude Era? Yeah. Who's like a legitimate top guy? Yeah. Like, there's very few. And I mean, Batista and Cena weren't, you know, weren't exactly ready. weren't ready at that time. So yeah, I mean, he, he did actually have the company on his back and he dragged it through some very dull times, I think. But uh, yeah, I'm changing my opinion slowly on Triple H, I think, by doing the podcast, I would say. What is the worst theme song in wrestling history? Oh, that's a tough one. Mm. I fucking hate anyone who just has, like, sirens. I hate, like, Scott Steiner or Perry Saturn. <laughs> it's
2: irritating. Apart from right to centre. Oh, right center to centre. Really they had the
1: sassy bass line yeah. underneath. Crap. Rest- Cena's one is it. It very irritating. Oh,
2: yeah, we were talking about this the other day, because, <laughs> Just because it is, like, five minutes of
0: just...
2: It shouldn't, it's, he's had it for, like ten years. And over and over and over and over know. and over. Yeah, don't Terrible. Like
1: Something other other craft
3: themes i think booyaka booyaka yeah, Six one, Nine. yeah i
1: hate that anything like the real kind
2: of lame oh uh, i tell you what is one of the worst things that's happened recently they took two theme tunes that i do love and oh yes combined it into the uh the rose oh, brothers
3: fucking- oh so bad uh Ryback's a hate Oh, meat on the, the table. table want what you I are. want an
1: acoustic version of that. Like, tell <laughs> did you. you see the video of
2: him uh, listening to that in his car when he pulled up in his no. drive through the fucking chump that he did Ryback. Poor Ryback.
1: What are your guys' favorite wrestling DVDs? Um, mention kfe commentaries. Anything from them? I always love Rise and Fall of ECW. Awesome. Great. great very, movie very Foley's good. Foley's Doc, I think we all watched Foley's together. Foley's Doc. Yeah, that's uh, brilliant. Punk's Doc. Punk's Doc yeah. is great. Really the bottom nice. line, Stone Cold, that's
2: a very good documentary.
1: The Ric Flair Four Horsemen documentary, well worth watching, as is their AWA and WCCW ones. I knew nothing about those companies before watching those
2: documentaries. Very informative.
3: Any decent compilation, like the Mick Foley uh, Greatest Hits and Misses, yeah, is a good. fantastic mm. compilation.
2: Uh, something as simple as the. Uh, it's, it's a gimmicky one, but the top 50 OMG moments it's is. Great for getting people We had so, so much, much fun, fun with yeah. That. Yeah, and yeah, you show someone that and they'll get interesting a lot easier that way. Definitely. Survivor Series 99 is your next episode. Are you hyped
1: for Kurt Angle? Uh, yes. Uh, you definitely. better believe it. Kurt Angle one of my favourite wrestlers big, of all big time. Big Kurt Angle fans. Uh, has there ever been a moment in wrestling that made you never want to watch ever again?
0: Ooh. I've not had that moment Yeah, yet. nothing's ever... I, I, just,
3: I just... At the end of 2007, I just stopped watching. It wasn't a matter of something happened that made me stop. It was just... I remember the uh, it.
2: the Royal Rumble 2012, oh no, sorry, 2013, uh, I remember... Sheamus
3: winning, was it? Uh, no, it wasn't no, the no. Royal
2: Rumble itself, it was, um, we were like, we just left the bar that we watched it in, you know, CM Punk had just lost the title to the Raw. Oh, and, and Cena won the... And Cena won the Royal Rumble, Rumble. it was very <laughs> obvious where we were going, and I was at that point, I remember being like, really moody on the walk home, being like, "Oh, that's, I'm done now, I'm not watching Raw anymore, I'm never watching wrestling Well, it's always grim when you know the next three months you are going to be a certain product which you exactly, exactly. Yeah. But no, nothing's ever actually turned me off to that extent. The Benoit
1: tragedy itself didn't turn me off, but just the, the media reaction to it really like soured me. The way they treated on just not just the media themselves who were like, you know, you can you can hardly be shocked in someone like Nancy Grace being complete shy about wrestling, not knowing what she's talking about. Mm. But uh, it was then when like. You know, people like Martin Merrow and Deborah, and people who just literally were coming out of the woodwork, who had not been around for years and all of a sudden they were an expert on you know they got an opinion on the You matter. know, and that really, really soured me on, on people like Merrow just kind of cut out of the woodwork. And I really got very bitter about just wrestling in general. But then I just kinda of realised that, you know it's just the way it goes. It's Just the way things. it goes. Yeah, it's like, media. It's you it. can never predict how a how a group of people are gonna react to a tragedy like that. And the wrestling world, by and large, tried to either get you know get exposure for itself and there's people who are using it for the wrong reasons that may be very cynical. But I got back into it very shortly thereafter. Yeah. So. Um, who's your favourite women's wrestler of all time? Maybe Lita of all time. Uh... of all the times. I've expressed undying love for Daphne on the podcast before. Yeah. Say that again. Sensational Sherry I love as well. Uh, she's brilliant. All of her stuff with the war with uh, with a Macho Man when he was the Macho King and she's just like a witch, essentially. Yeah. I've seen the problems of like her and Zeus and Macho Man around a bubbling oh, cauldron. Yeah. Like, <laughs> 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 but yeah, favourite favorite women's wrestlers? I love AJ at the moment. I think she's brilliant. Uh, AJ is, is the she, best thing that's happened in years. Literally,
2: in the last six or seven years, I can't yeah. think of anyone other than AJ. I, I, yeah, I don't want to say AJ just because like, I'm so into her at the minute, but I mean... Apart from her, I could only think of someone like Lita or Trish Stratus. Lita's recommend. great. I, I
3: don't even have those people to go off yet, on no. can Not yet, re- I can't even remember you're the a fan, You're a big fan of Luna, though. I'm a big fan of Luna. But- Ivory
2: is awesome as well. Ivory is great.
3: Really, yeah, really awesome, Really great wrestler. Definitely. Oh, a yeah, quick question for you, Kevin. Yeah. Uh,
0: are
2: you going to be facing Andre the Giant at WrestleMania 3?
0: Yes!
2: I'm glad we cleared that up then, you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for each of you,
1: what is your favourite WrestleMania. 17. Well, 17, yeah, Easy. pretty much. Well, I've not well, seen 17. What is your favourite one you've seen so far? I gave you a couple of
3: WrestleManias as a, lens this yeah, well, well, I've, I've seen, a couple of the weekend. I've, I've, I've <laughs> seen very few actual WrestleManias. I've seen 14, 15, 22, 28, 29... The only WrestleMania's I've seen the same with me,
2: I've only seen matches from WrestleMania scattered all over the place. But 22 is a
1: fantastic paper. Oh, uh, 22 is, is, I mean, it's very close to 17, but for me, that's like every match in that card I really enjoy. Yes, even including the Boogeyman match, I enjoy. Um, <laughs> uh, WrestleMania 19, 20, and 21, and particularly 19 and 21, very good stuff there, mm. very, very good stuff. Uh, but there's been more crap WrestleMania's in recent yeah, years than, than good ones. Um, now that you have Zuba's pants Kevin are you ready for your TNA run and to meet Daphne yes <laughs> <laughs> Uh right, this is a question to get asked loads um, a Mount Rushmore for, for wrestlers if you put your best wrestlers Stone Cold The Rock Vince McMahon uh, one
2: more you so want to put Kane up there don't I, you? I, I want to put Kane <laughs> there just because I think Kane would look badass in the nice side of a mountain it would have to be there <laughs> the way you say you so begrudging. Yeah, you know, like I like suppose take would have to be the... It's always hard because I mean, like with different eras and stuff, it's hard to put people on there. John Cena. Let's be honest. Like John Cena would have to go on there.
1: What, is as on, on your Rushmore? Oh, my my yeah. personal like my yeah, your your piece. personal. You... Oh, okay, yeah, then yeah, yeah Kane. So
2: pick pick your four then: Rock, Austin, Vince, and Kane.
3: Okay, Billy. Uh, The Rock, Vince. <sighs> I don't really know. Like the other two, Sin Cara. Sin Cara, um, oh, fucking hell! <laughs> oh come on, you do love Sin Cara, I do though. love Sin Cara, but he wouldn't be on there. Um, I say Daniel Bryan, maybe yeah. P- Punk or Cesaro. Yeah, because I- I've enjoyed everything that Cesaro's done. Even when he was back in uh, back as Claudio Castagnoli, yeah, he's fucking brilliant. So yeah, I, I-, I think I'd put uh, Cesaro up there. Yes, yeah, swap C- out the Rock
2: for Ric Flair, actually. Sorry. Yeah, yeah no, I was <laughs> gonna swap say. That out the- I forgot Ric Flair. Me definitely. Yeah,
1: Flair, Austin. Foley, um, I forgot the Foley existed. Foley's, <laughs> yeah. Foleys in all four of them. <laughs> the three faces of Foley yeah. and Commissioner Foley. <laughs> yes. Uh, my fourth one, I don't. I probably pick someone like my um, you know, Quackenbush or something like that because I mean I can't yeah. underestimate I mean, like Chikara. I adore and I think he's a good ambassador for indie wrestling. He's uh, a good know, ambassador for
2: wrestling. Quackenbush
1: mm. or, or Cole Cabana, someone like that who is mm. kind of that, that other side of wrestling, that non WWE side. Um, if the roles were reversed and WCW bought WWF how would the landscape of wrestling be today there wouldn't be a fucking landscape Uh, I am not qualified to
2: answer that question no
1: if that company that disorganised mess somehow gained control of WWF there'd be no
2: wrestling
1: there'd be no wrestling easily there would be no wrestling yeah wrestling would continue in like small organisations like TNA it'd
2: be like Back to the Future 2 wouldn't it yeah honestly casinos and shit everywhere
1: casinos and breast implants everywhere Has watching a WCW pay-per-view lightened your criticism when it comes to WWF pay-per-views, i.e. overall writing and production? Uh, Yeah, I think we pointed out Um, production values and not just, I'm not talking lights, pyro and arenas, I'm talking about videos, music,
2: announcers, people knowing what's going on. We often get very spoiled by the packages in WWF shows and so when there's a bad package we'll be like, oh this is bollocks, this is shite. But then watching the WCW show, it's sort of like, well, you don't realise what you have until it's gone. So yeah. you sort of take for granted how good WWF is in general.
1: How come you've watched so many nineties TV shows? <laughs> <laughs> Grew up in the nineties. That's what. I mean. <laughs> yeah, I don't know you because we we actually we our fan base is a lot younger than we think is. We got a lot of uh, like under twenty one year olds right. watching. So I mean, you know, you're growing up in Ireland. Ar- I can't speak for you guys, but for me, growing up in Ireland, I had four fucking channels. Yeah. you know BOG 1 and BOG 2 which is RT1 RT2 and RT1 basically just showed mass <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I had BBC1 BBC2 and sometimes I could get Channel 4 um, so when it came to weekends watching TV and stuff like that I watched that. It wasn't through my own choice. It was... That was it. Noel's House Party is a part of your life, Kevin. Big Break is a big part of your life. Deal with it. That is it. That's all this on TV. It was either yeah. there play fucking football, and that wasn't happening. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, because, I mean, nowadays, you've hooked online all the time. I don't even yeah. watch TV, any, regular no, TV anymore. I have
2: had a TV hookup for a long we're, time.
1: We're Netflix only, really. Yeah. So that's, I suppose, why it's stuck with it. But, yeah. Uh, I, I suppose it's one of those things that you don't realise how much of a... How strongly it influenced you until you do a wrestling podcast. It's, I guess. it's it's
3: it's one of those things that you completely forget about, like until like Kevin mentions Street Sharks in one episode, <laughs> I completely know, forgot that that, that was part a show. Of your mind just reopened Yeah, it? that that opened, and then I remembered all the other stuff like Beast Wars and Are You Afraid of the Dark? Just yeah. everything. Just I remember,
1: like someone sent me an email once, and they like they sent me all the lyrics for all the. um for, not the lyrics all the words for all the Frere Rocher ads because I because <laughs> like I just like somehow unlocked something you know and then listen to it so I think it's a, a lot of people around you know our age group who are listening to us get that kind of nice like oh yeah remember I remember that I remember yeah. men behaving badly yeah. but, you know so uh, there you go it's
0: been a day now.
1: No mercy episode where you inserted a clip from a previous episode talking about Jeff Jarrett. I.e., burying Jeff Jarrett. (laughs) I shocked myself with that line. (laughs) I was thinking that I'd have to struggle to find something really harsh, but uh,
3: we said some horrible things about (laughs) it. Let's let's not
2: get into this.
3: (laughs) We said some heinous things. People have occasionally asked
2: in the past if you ever have to edit anything out of the podcast, and there have been incidents where. I, in particular, have said something really horrible about Double J in, in earlier yeah. episodes that Kevin had to cut out because it was too offensive. Yep. And we'll say no more than that,
1: really. No more like, that, Mike. What can you do? Uh, but I think the question here was that there was an obvious difference in audio quality. My question is what microphone software do you use then? What microphone software do you use now? I believe the, well, the software is still the same. You use Adobe Edition. That's, yeah. the, that's the standard for audio editing kids. Most
3: use a uh, f- 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 bit more. <laughs> it, I can't, I've lost my words. I've lost my uh, words. Terribly sorry. <laughs> bibbly bobbly <laughs> It's the easiest software, I think, to use. What's well, uh, the best? Well,
1: People want to audio edit and they download... What's the, what's the name? Audacity. Audacity. Yeah. And, <laughs> no, it, it sucks. If you want to make stuff an audio podcast, get an Adobe Audition. The
2: microphone we used was um, one of yours, I believe. Initially, we used my Zoom H2, yeah, which isn't really designed for podcasting.
1: It's just Suts. to make do with... It's a good <laughs> microphone. It's just, it worked it, for a while, but yeah. then it slowly
3: went downhill with it. Yeah, also, bro. we
2: were recording in a room that wasn't was great acoustics-wise. We originally recorded in my old bedroom, which was triangular, rectangular-shaped. It was an odd-shaped oh, room. Yeah.
3: Then we had to use mine because I had a broken leg and couldn't get upstairs, and my room was even worse. Enormous and echoey, yeah. 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 So, I mean, yeah, we've... It's uh... more
2: about space than microphones at some points.
1: That being said, we still do want to get uh, a new microphone. We want to get on the, the Blue the blue Yeti, I think, yeah. yeah Anything's nice. better than this. <laughs> If you could rebook the Outage era and you were given the opportunity of replacing Vince Russo at the Creative helm what would you have done differently, or would you have done anything differently? Uh, I would have done exactly what he did, I suppose. I mean, yeah. it's hard to say. I mean, like, oh, I would make it not be sexist. I said it's kind of what we said earlier, really. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, in terms of the unpredictability, even like when we're like, I mean, you notice there's a lot of shows we were kind of like, oh, this was awful, this was awful, this made no sense, this made sense. We're still like, yeah, we enjoyed the show though. Yeah, it's so entertaining. Yeah, because most of the shows were more the, often the a better. There were bigger. They were bigger than some of their parts, if you know what I yeah. mean. Uh, so I mean, even often, when it's trash, it's entertaining. Everyone has entertaining. something
3: to do, which you can't say anymore that people do.
1: Definitely. What is the best promo and best insult you've seen so far out of the Attitude Era? Best Ooh. promo? Any of the Rock's promos are? are yeah, really yeah, it have to be a Rock one. Uh, Paul Bear, King of the Ring '98. His promo about
3: Kane, oh, growing that was up, really brilliant, with the Yeah. Scar, you know, because that, was, great that was
1: particularly brilliant. Foley's
3: uh, one for like quit.
1: Yeah, that's chilling like mm. definitely um, anytime Vince, Vince McMahon the higher power segment brilliant the whole yeah, thing insane, and brilliant. insane best insults I think Vince calling Kane Undertaker putrid pussies is brilliant <laughs> yeah. Triple H calling China a big jacked up bitch listen here you big
2: bitch <laughs> big bitch is uh, yeah. ridiculous as well uh, calling England a place filled with, what is it, de- uh, no. decadence <laughs> decay oh, and you, debauchery I thought you were
1: saying England ain't nothing but a place full of, that's not a good insult, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's rubbish that's
2: rubbish, um,
1: yeah I think those are all uh, those are all pretty outstanding do you guys think it's fair that WWE rewrites history and removes people like New Jack from ECW content on the network and also removing like Chris Benoit from you know, archives and you can't actually
3: that. search his name can yeah, you?
1: like, you know, if you
2: say Royal Rumble 2004 that you know, no one won it, kind of thing.
3: I actually know?
1: read
2: today they've started adding New Jack back in on the network. Apparently they've been working through shows and editing ECW one. I think changing the music and putting New Jack back in. And well, that's yeah, because I mean the
1: problem with New Jack is that New Jack didn't have so many matches as much as very long run-ins with a lot of natural-born thrillers. Um, so sorry, natural-born killers. Uh, being played in and it is you know we made fun of it before the ECW crappy dub over the licensed music Yeah, it makes it hard to watch I mean if you want to watch ECW the network is not the best way to watch it No, I mean it's their footage though they can do whatever the fuck they want with it and obviously you know mm. what do you think about like Benoit, Benoit mean, uh,
2: I mean that's complicated like we will have a proper
1: chat about Benoit on the podcast by we'll the way to, folks yeah. um,
2: um, it, can, it's, I mean, it's tough because you know you could say that Well, oh it's understandable they're editing it out because of what happened but then everything they've edited out is all stuff that was prior to the incident anyway. And it's, it's, and really in and it's, it's just
3: them saying, you know, like, in the ladder match where, you know, he's going to win and we've edited out JR saying, you know, go for it, you can do it. we just edited that out. So stuff, stuff like that but is I weird. don't, I don't understand why yeah. they've done it. Like
1: Paranoid. It's like, yeah, they're, they're, they're hearing about them like edit, going to the extent where they're editing commentary, where they're removing anything, where the announcers are rooting for Benoit. That's when you're going from kind of like right you Neo know, necessarily has to be in here but let's not you know you cannot dwell on someone and not glorify them but like removing anything that mm, is meant to be if they kept hired. it the
3: way it was and just didn't draw attention to it it would be absolutely fine I think I don't think there would be people saying how dare you I don't make be- it worse by making a big yeah. deal it. some bit, people
1: yeah. like honestly can't watch a Chris Benoit match anymore I get that for me, I can still enjoy his work. Yeah, I can separate. So I can separate what happened in the ring. I can and the to, my Yeah, head. they're two completely different things in my mind. Uh, that being said, I'm not one of these people who's like Benoit for the Hall of Fame. I mean, like, come on, get fucking real. It's no, not, that's not happen. happening. There, there's you have to understand. There's enjoying a bit of wrestling and there's like real life, right? And like. <laughs> you can't be inducting Chris Benoit into the to the Hall of Fame a line. line somewhere, yeah. There has to be Jeff precedent. Jeff
3: Jarrett will be in before Chris Benoit. Yeah, I mean, there has to be some
1: precedent of taste and like, you know, keeping into account, you know, there's victims and that there's...
2: The might have hurt that, will cause inducting a man like, why but would like, you want to see Chris Benoit Those inducted? people who are like, I
1: got, you know, you life tweet raw, you'll get people going to go, hey, let's get hashtag Benoit Hall of Fame trending. And not an ironic oh, let's say something about censorship Isn't kind of a, no, we want this man to be posthumously inducted into the Hall of Fame. Jeez. Can you imagine the fucking induction ceremony? Yeah. Here to accept the award of Chris Benoit is like, you know, some crying families. Like, yeah. I mean, come on, guys. Be, be realistic. It's stupid. Um, So, I mean, that's that's my, my, my two cents on it. Some questions here from Rob Mansfield, Manifield, Not Mansfield. That is Nottingham. Do you think WrestleMania should only be held in arenas or outdoor
2: stadiums?
1: Hmm. I I, I,
3: I, I, I love like an both. outdoor. I love an outdoor.
2: WrestleMania. Yeah. Um. I think the outdoor thing should be kept for more like SummerSlam, something like that.
3: Yeah. I reckon
1: WrestleMania should be arenas. But arena, obviously, outdoor stadiums. You can have a much bigger, it's higher true. concept. Plus,
3: if you if you put out a shitty WrestleMania, you're gonna hear the chance less if it's open.
1: Yeah. It's I true. mean, I used to very much be of the opinion that I was like, no, arenas only. Because I mean, for me, WrestleMania 17 is the best crowd ever. Seventy thousand yeah, people. The they're, in, they're indoors. It's loud. You can hear everything. When you're outdoors, you lose a lot of that you noise. Do. That being said, if you look at the likes of WrestleMania 26 or even like the last few ones, like 20, 29, 29, the 29 20, just, it looks so amazing. Yeah, And like when they take shitty outdoor stadiums like the the Citrus Bowl in Florida and they make it into this amazing space just for WrestleMania, it's pretty impressive. So, I mean, I suppose there's... there's Either's good. Either's good.
3: Billy, what do you think of Chris Jericho so far on the podcast? Really not seeing a lot of him, but... um. I'm a big fan of Chris Jericho uh, always have been uh, can't exactly pinpoint what exactly it is about him but I like so much um, but he's great um, so far we've only seen him do one match against X-Pac X-Pac was his main yeah and that's the only match we've seen so far and that was an okay match but it was nothing great um, I'm just looking forward to it because I know he can do better yeah and I know what to expect from you know the past you know 10 years what yeah. he's done he's got a high standard uh, very high standard i know he can do that yeah. so i'm very much looking forward to, I've, i'm enjoying what i'm seeing so far and i'm very much looking forward to uh seeing him grow as a character in the company how many live events have you guys been to um none okay. <laughs> not one
2: you went to see, well you went to see jim ross oh yeah yeah i mean i've never seen any live wrestling but uh For the very first time, I met Jim Ross. uh, But that is one of the requisites of having a podcast. (laughs) How how can this guy talk about wrestling when he hasn't even seen wrestling in in flesh? Call the podcast police. No, yeah, um, I'd never had any sort of live wrestling experience of any kind until for my birthday last year. Kevin got me tickets to go and see the Jim Ross Q&A in London, which was fucking phenomenal fun. It was awesome. Just before you got fired, too. Um, yeah, it was so. literally like the week before he got fired, so he was there, like going, "I have no plans to retire anytime soon. Yeah. I to keep working with the WWE for as long as possible." The Whole retirement story stunk a little bit extra when we <laughs> heard it. Like. You see his AMA on Reddit the other yeah. day. He just outright said, "Like, oh no, I, I got fired. Th-
3: thanks a lot,
1: Rick." <laughs> Billy, you were
2: at an event recently enough.
1: Yes,
3: right? I, I I was at Raw in London, April 2013. That's so bad. I uh, I got to see. Um, Team Hell No and The Undertaker fight the Shield. Awesome. That, was the that,
1: was the, that was the diagrams. I have diagrams
3: and Daniel Bryan getting Undertaker to hug him albeit behind, uh, behind the uh, post. Also got a also got to see uh, William Regal job to Fandango, <laughs> which was which I've never heard a crowd boo so much. Even though even though it was Fandango, it was just shortly after WrestleMania and Fandangoing was huge. P- seeing William Regal come out. And job in less than a minute to Fandango. That'll teach you to enjoy things. So <laughs> fucking pissed, um, and I had a massive nosebleed. Oh yeah, which, uh, there's pictures of it on Facebook. Just it looked like you got jumped by the shield. I, I did, did thought. just too high, too high in the uh, in the stadium. Just had a massive nosebleed.
1: I'm I the always come across really bad when I reveal the first ever wrestling show I went to <laughs> ever. It was in Karuken Hall in Japan. Uh, I saw Zero One Max, and it was I was. Uh, I was Jet lagged out of my goddamn mind, but I saw possibly the most insane, intense wrestling I'd ever seen in my life. Got to see WrestleMania 25. Uh, mm. I would recommend anyone going, if you're a wrestling fan, go to a WrestleMania weekend. Don't worry about the WrestleMania itself, because for me, I mean, WrestleMania 25, Baron Michaels and, and Undertaker was pretty forgettable, the mm. whole thing. Uh, but the weekend was awesome because there was Ring of Honor and there was you know signings and autographs and access in the Hall of Fame. That's way more fun than the actual thing. Yeah, saw TNA in Glasgow in like two thousand and ten or whatever it was. Fucking diabolical. <laughs> there was only like uh, all the fans would come to see the Hardy Boys. They were all like seven year olds with little Jeff Hardy like homemade signs and all that. And the Hardy Boys decided to act heel. Big fat Matt Hardy and Stone Jeff Hardy coming out, giving the fingers to all these fans. It's like you fat drunk pricks. Like, <laughs> Even in Glasgow, this is not acceptable behavior. <laughs> Get out. Uh, Saw so Jr. with. Uh, with you, yeah, and uh, that's pretty much it for. It. I mean, I somehow get to PCW. Saw Colt in uh, I saw the wrestling, which was a c- comedy wrestling crossover thing in uh, in Edinburgh. That was mind blowing. My became
3: uh... friends with Colt, didn't you? Well, actually,
1: it ties into our next question, which was, have you met any wrestlers? We could talk about Kevin and Colt. Like,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. I, I met Colt Cabana so many times in Edinburgh, I kind of almost got sick of it. Like, <laughs> although you have to be careful. We've been asked if we've met any wrestlers. We have to be careful about. Talking about encounters because the guy on Reddit who lied. (laughs) Did you hear about that? Oh, the guy with with Edge. edge. Yeah. (laughs) Tell people not hear about it I'm, I'm sorry if you're listening to this man who lied about Edge you're sorry man but you <laughs> lied <laughs> like, he was like kind of like yeah so I went into the bathroom and Edge kind of high-fived me and he was like hey don't worry man everything's going to be okay and then I was walking away and he threw me something He's was like hey man what is this like that's the world heavyweight champion, <laughs> and it's signed by own heart who on his last day on earth told me I would meet a man like you you know and he was like, and he was just a really nice guy he renowned Earth and then Edge (laughs) was asked on Twitter and he's like no he was just like nervously asked me if you could shake my hand there in the, <laughs> the restroom, it was weird. Yeah. But uh, yes, an element of truthiness with the uh, with the meeting the restrooms. Met Colt Cabana quite a few times. I think mm. I rang you all excited after I met him the first time, didn't I? Yeah,
2: yeah. You were like, because obviously you were in Edinburgh doing your own show. You should specify. You weren't just, oh, yeah. I, like, I was doing a, Colt. I was doing a comedy show, yeah, in Edinburgh. And yeah, you, you met Colt on the first day, and you found out like, oh shit, I've just met Colt Cabana. I just had a chat flyered here. my I gave him a flyer for my show, and I was, was like, so, oh, that, that's amazing. And then I remember like speaking to you like three days later, I was like, oh, how's it going? You, you seeing Colt Cabana again, and like oh yeah I like, saw him again this morning there's no big deal but it like <laughs> became
3: I, the norm seeing Colt tell Cabana you, uh, the joke Colt Cabana
2: told you oh shit that- yeah no, this is good
1: because Colt, Colt would see me like literally like I saw him I'd say at least five or six times in total because he was he was in the stand which was on a stretch of road where we were flying for our show which is down the road and he started after us so I saw him loads I went to his show a few times as well but he came over to me when well, I had like, a group of like comedy friends with me who weren't wrestling fans they came over and he's like hey you want me to you know, Tell a joke to impress all your 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 friends over here. I was like, yeah, okay. I was like, I will tell this joke tonight. It was really funny. It was pe- people that uh, people always stereotype wrestlers, don't they? Because they say that oh, you're all like Chris Benoit, aren't you? You're all gonna kill your wives, like dude. Most wrestlers are gay. <laughs> 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 so Coke Ivana, as in like smiling, nodding, waving the hand. Thanks. Yeah, telling was nasty. <laughs> uh, really nice guy, and called massive inspiration in terms of a. Can you get up and go. You can do it. Make a podcast. Do whatever yeah. you know. I like that. That's that's nice. Uh, in, inspirational message. And also, Brendan Burns. Let me plug my show at his show. Um, you know, with Cult, which was really nice. Yeah, a nice, a nice a man. Uh, uh, n- nice guys. Um, what are the rest is met I think I told the story of Terry Funk meeting him before.
2: Yeah, in the airport. In the airport. Yeah, um, I met, You've met everyone. Like you've met so many. Wrest- I, if, I met. You met Jake
1: Roberts while he was off the wagon, and that uh, was like a little upsetting. Like. If there's
2: um, one story you can share about meeting a wrestler, could you please uh, just tell them about when Booker T saw your <laughs> your four
0: really, post? No, this is actually a heartwarming
1: a heartwarming story, actually. I um we went to this big signing that Booker T was running because one of the main reasons is that Tully Blanchard was there. Me and my friend Carl, uh, big, big, big four Horsemen fans. Like, so it had to meet Tully Blanchard and he was only there as a vendor guest. So uh see Tully Blanchard is there and like I found this awesome Four Horsemen, original, with Ole Anderson, Arn Flair, um, um, Flair Tully, and JJ Dillon. They all have the hands in together after a match. It's really awesome. They went over and I was like, you know I'll get Tully to sign this. Met Tully Manchin shook his hand. Lovely man. And I had to walk around the rest of the day with this big giant signed fucking poster. And as it was queuing up to me, someone else, like the Dudley Boys, or it was, uh, Booker T catches eye of my, my poster, he goes, hey man, what is that? I was like, sorry? He's like, what, what is that? Bring that over here. And like his wife, Charmelle takes it takes it off me and like, calls him over and to look at this poster of the four horsemen. And Booker T literally, his eyes just lit up and this big, massive like Cheshire Cat smile comes across his face and goes, Shit, man, that is nice. That is that is so nice, man. He goes, "Is Tully here?" And I go, "Yeah, Tully's here." Oh my god, this is amazing. And then, uh, I ran a fail of Bubba Ray Dudley as well, cause uh, he overheard me telling some. I was telling some about you know seeing wrestling in Japan. He goes like, "Hey, you, did you not go see uh, TNA Team 3D when we were in the Point, Ireland?" I was like, "No, I didn't." He's like, "Why not?" He's like, "I was in Japan." and Karookan Hall. You're gonna to go to fucking Karukan Hall, and you're not gonna come see Team 3D. <laughs> they made the point, and like, and Devon's like, "Oh, he's just like that sometimes." <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, reading wrestlers is always weird because you always get nervous. I can mm-hmm. imagine.
2: The, I've only, the only personality I've met, the only celebrity of any kind I've met is Jim Ross. Really. He was nice. Yeah, and he was very nice. Just went up to him and, like, you know, gave him my like copy of WrestleMania 17 design. He just went there was a great show. (laughs) Awesome. I actually met uh, Shane O'Mac
1: walking on the street to my hotel one night as well. Yeah, I remember you told me that Shane is taller than you, which just
0: freaked me
1: out. I'm a tall man, yes, and uh, Shane McMahon is taller than me. All these dudes with clipboards and suits came out of some building, and all of a sudden, there's Shane McMahon. I literally just pointed at him and was like, that is Shane McMahon!
2: And invasion of the body snatch is (laughs) like...
0: I, went over to his,
1: I shook his hand and it was like, all I could say was, you're Shane McMahon. I like, yes, I know. Like, you're taller than me. Uh, I really wanted to meet Kevin Nash so I could say, hey, my name's Kevin too. But uh, sadly not. Um, you guys seem to enjoy having, you seem. To, you guys seem to have a lot of fun making fun of WCW. Do you have any particular time in WCW that you actually enjoy to watch? Um, I've never watched it. Bash of the
3: Beach is literally the only WCW thing I've
1: seen. I think I want to show the guys like Starcade '97, which is kind of considered to be their peak. I want to watch a little bit around that at that time when he had like. Goldberg, Raven, Benoit, Sting, the NWO. There's some really good stuff going on back there. Alright, this is an amazing question from Josh Kennedy in, in America. Hey guys, here's my question. As an American, understanding why anyone would watch Noel's house party is difficult enough.
0: <laughs>
1: amazing. Fair <Okay>. enough statement. <laughs> but what the fuck is up with Mr. Blobby? <laughs> <laughs> Why was he so popular? How the hell did he get a number one Christmas hit? And were any of the editorial podcast inmates visiting his theme park at the time? a
0: wrestling
3: podcast. <laughs> do I do not have the answers to these questions? I don't know. All right, Noel Edmonds Blo- couldn't even give you that answers to no. those questions. Blobby in the 90s was the most over thing. I love oh, Blobby. He was so
2: over. I had Blobby merch.
3: I'm
1: yeah. pretty sure
2: it Mr. Blobby, guys. Come on. Have a bit of respect. Sir Blobby. Like, He's been knighted now. <laughs>
1: Mr Blobby's my father. I'm Blobby. Um, <laughs> never managed to make it to all oh, the the whole story about the theme park was it, it was a, there was subterfuge and the councils were involved and there was yeah. land developments and it went bankrupt and no one went to Crinkly Bottom on the roller coaster let's just no. say that but the fact that we have someone from America asking us questions about Noel's house party is amazing
2: <laughs> it makes me feel like there's something very weird about our podcast
1: that yeah. we even get this question very strange is it true that when Jeff Jarrett goes for a sleeper hold he's not actually saying glad gay but he's actually saying nugget of shit oh. for <laughs> fuck's sake
0: you swear <laughs> for me you prick <laughs>
2: Oh, <laughs> it's just that I because I've had to clarify a million times. Like, no, he's not saying "oh, I got him" or "oh, he is saying Glag." Yeah. Saying, okay.
1: No, <laughs> oh, this is good. What's your stance on the natural escalation of danger, physicality, and speed in wrestling? Where was it in the '80s and before, and to where it is in the '90s, to where it is today? Um, I think they've done a pretty good job in toning back a lot of the hardcore stuff. Mm. No more chair shots to the heads. Yeah. Still a lot of ladder matches going on. There's too many ladder matches yeah Yeah
2: definitely and there's i think too, too risky and it makes the lot of matches themselves seem less important when you have them now
1: yeah there's too many matches that happen on a frequent basis where there doesn't seem to be there doesn't seem to be a strong enough reason for the guys to be having that gimmick yeah. match. it's kind of like we're having a hell in a cell match because it is hell in a cell yeah exactly. Yeah. you know i'm putting my body at risk not for a big money few but because this is the, paper it's the time of year where we with do the this. gimmick that dictates yeah. it so that's one thing i don't like but in terms of like yeah, it's always going to get like bigger, faster, stronger. I suppose. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the what it is. is. I well, think some there's some of the
3: rising talent as well. Like it's going to get faster. Style there, yeah. gonna get faster. Um, Adrian Neville when he comes up to the main roster, it's gonna it's gonna change this a certain type of match yeah. around him.
1: You're definitely the 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 standard wrestler in NXT is a lot quicker. Yes, definitely. Then down in the the main uh, the main. Uh, Um, (laughs) (laughs) doodly-doo roster Roster. two and a half hours of recording in (laughs) if you could if you could pick one character from the area to live with for a month who would you choose one character to live with so not the rest of the character themselves boss man
2: Jesus, Kevin.
1: Why, take care of any old dog problems? (laughs) Cook a nice casserole?
2: (laughs) Those are your biggest concerns in life, aren't they? Dog problems and casserole.
1: What is best in life? (laughs) Crush your enemies, see their dogs (laughs)
3: turned into a casserole,
1: and hear the lamentation of their women. I still think
3: I would want to live with D'Lo and Mark in a little uh, house shirt.
2: Yeah. I'll snow for a month. It'd be weird. I'd
1: probably learn a lot about myself. That's true. Why is it they give you monkeys a microphone they think you got some stroke correct? <laughs> <laughs> so many of these
2: questions have not been questions for us. It's Like, hey, I'm going to pretend like I'm asking you a question. Nah, it's a joke. <laughs> uh,
1: who is your favourite Goldust alter ego or alter ego of Dustin Reynolds? Goldust. Yeah. Which, which era of Goldust? So classic Goldust, current Goldust? Uh, you know um,
2: Goldust? Feuding with Val Venus, like, you know, I was Dustin Reynolds, but you push me so me far back. Yeah. yeah that, that was amazing Gold, that was Goldust it was most perfect I, I love
3: I love really goofy Goldust now though yeah like yeah, it, like like him like dancing at Summer Ray and stuff is really really funny
1: what was the um? there's a, that music video that he appeared and you guys are found oh uh, Hairspray, Hairspray Heart. Heart
3: by Black Moth Super Rainbow yeah. Yeah. amazing if, song amazing song amazing video if you it's haven't seen it check it out not it's amazing so that, we found
1: out about that through the um, Sick Kid Save Point that was sent to us actually I've got a question about that coming up soon for me Favorite goal of alter ego is definitely going to be a Black rain in TNA solely because That's so fucking rubbish. I sent it to you. You, you sent me the fucking. He's really, he's really fat. He's <laughs> really sweaty. Is <And laughs> this promo, it is. It's always happens. It's like you know, random wrestling promo. And there's this one line that sticks with you forever you think it's inexplicably hilarious there's a promo and he's all fat and sweaty talking about this evil Black Rain persona and then he goes James Storm you listen up because I'm talking to you <laughs> and I was like that's like it's basically fat man talking about this time he wears face paint out of breath sweating you listen amazing <laughs> like, um, sick at say point would you do it again did you enjoy doing it uh, we got asked this a couple of times sick at say point I do it again in a was a, hell yes one of if not the best things we've done with the
2: podcast so far yeah so much fun. I had an absolute blast doing that. Oh, it was so much fun. So, it was a
1: hard 24 hours. The, especially towards the end, that last... That last stretch. That last stretch. It was, it was full of nothing but no mercy and uh, fresh fruit.
3: When I was just playing... I, w- I was doing the first blood match on on no mercy against Viscera without realising it was a first blood match. People getting really annoyed with me.
1: The <laughs> <stream>. <laughs> and that was nice as well, because that was like the first point where we realised that, like... Because you had, like... We had like hundreds of people on that stream, like, yeah. and there were people who followed us for the full twenty four hours. We
3: had five or six people who'd gotten up. Like there was a guy who was in um, Tennessee, yeah, who got who got up like four in the morning to watch it with us and didn't go to bed until we were done. That's crazy. Uh, we yeah. That's so cool. Crazy. Like,
1: we raised. Really
2: like touching,
1: like. Yeah, we ended up raising more money than anyone else. Like ever in Sick We were like we the, the high save. We, we, we got the high score, yeah. like but uh yeah, it was like you know one thousand three hundred pounds or something, which is nearly two thousand dollars. Yeah. Which is awesome. I mean that was it was really nice to see like the people supports like that. Uh, I'll tell you what I really enjoyed as well was making the promo video for Sick Kits, Hable, and Oh yeah. That was French tremendous Pan. fun. That was a right laugh. We got something very similar to that coming out very, very soon. Hopefully you have time for WrestleMania. Yes. Um I don't know if we'll uh we will we drop that bombshell right now? Which bombshell? With the, uh, the f- commentary? I front? think we should. Oh, yeah, yeah. The commentary. yeah let's, right.
3: let's, let's announce that we're, now.
1: We're, it's come, come quite lightly that we're only halfway through these questions. We'll be doing this for two and a half hours. That We're going to probably call it a quit for now. For a little while, yeah. Uh, but we're going to drop a serious bombshell, which is, yeah, we're going to... We're releasing... Um, Commentary track for Beyond the Mass, it's something which we've recorded in the hopes of maybe raising some funds for making uh, t-shirts and also getting a new microphone. It's going to be priced at £3, you, it's basically like a riff tracks type thing, Yeah, we played alongside the film, uh, so it's just the audio of us talking, so you have your own copy of the movie, you put it in, you play it, you hear us chat over it. We had an incredible amount of fun doing it, yes. and we wouldn't have released it, we only recorded full well on the knowledge that if it wasn't fun or good in our we minds we weren't gonna do anything with it. But we had a lot of fun and we listened back to it and think you guys are really gonna like it. So yeah, we have a video for that coming out. Yeah. That's that's the hot scoop. More info soon. More info, including how to get it on that very soon. Um yeah another miniature bomb so we got asked a lot if we're ever going to do uh video episodes. Yes. Uh, now obviously uh, I'm, as I'm the, the the chief editor of the uh, of the audio uh, on the audio side of things, I don't know how to video edit, so it's, it's, ne- it's never been a question that I could properly answer. I uh, also could say as a disclaimer right now, it'll never be the case where that becomes a regular will never be a regular thing. Yeah. Yeah. No.
2: But you can say, Adam. So yeah, I've not actually announced this at all at any point in the past, but I have over the course of the past month or two been you know part time editing our first ever video episode. Uh, I have got a full time job. My laptop is crap and it's, you know, been a lot more hard work than I expected because I've been really, you know, trying to get it as perfect as possible. I wanna put in as many jokes and as many edits as I possibly can. I want it to be something of a really high quality, I don't want to just half ass it. So I'm just announcing at this point that I am making a video episode. Not sure quite when it's gonna be ready. We're getting close to the end, I think, aren't we? We're- the
1: idea that it hopefully will be we were hoping like around the time of the one year anniversary, so like Yeah, yeah, we're in the we're in the ballpark yeah. range it, of
3: it's of an episode that we've already done. It's, uh, Obviously, but, yeah, it's King of the Ring '99, isn't it? Yes, yes, King of the Ring
2: '99. There's going to be as a video episode at some point in the near future. So yeah, I think the idea is that we might, you know, if
1: do those, as kind of like a uh, like special, big, big special, special. Shows. special it'll uh, be shows. Yeah, the
2: occasional every now and then. Um, we'll release. It'll never
1: special. be as. It'll never be a Regular thing because it just takes up too much time. Don't have the time, um,
2: but you know, it's, it's you know,
1: it's a nice thank you to the fans because you know what? We can, we can sit back and reflect a little bit now. It's been a hell of a year, yes, it, it has. has. And Seriously. we, you know, as said at the start of the very, very start of this, but again, massive thanks to Jay from OSW, Matthew from Botchamania, uh, Kenny from Inside the Ropes, the guys over at Pile Driver Wrestling as well, the guys are calling spots. Uh, Chris Pilkington for all your help, uh, Michael Scally, for his rest vs the World, everyone on everyone on Twitter, you know, who who were you know following and in contact with, you you know who you are. I got a great honest, great, yeah. great 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 bunch of people. There's so much. One great thing about this podcast is finding out how much great like-minded stuff there is on online. You know, for for wrestling fans. I mean, whether it's you know wrestling on Earth. Or botch spot, or Botchamania, or OSW, or just you know, there's so much great stuff out
2: there at the moment. It's a great time to be a wrestling fan, and And not uh, just in terms of the other content that's available online. I mean, just the actual the Glagay community themselves. I mean, I spent a great bunch of ads six months or so of the podcast. I mean, you used to use Twitter, and I would just like you know ask you how the fans were enjoying it. But in the past six months, I've started tweeting a lot more, and I've actually been interacting with some of the fans and. Good God, you are all a bunch of really, really nice people. Like, it's actually really nice being able you're to you're just all to chat that with you. so funny
3: as well. Yeah, you really make me laugh sometimes with the, with the fan art and just some of the the, the weird. We get sent a lot of weird shit on Twitter, and it really, <laughs> really makes me
1: laugh. I, oftentimes, I do feel like it's kind of like it's almost not fair that we've actually been like running for such a short period of time and have like such an amazing. Loyal group, group, group of, of people. So, uh, but I uh, know it's 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 fucking fantastic. It has been a great year. On onwards and upwards, as they say. We've barely scratched the surface. We're, we're all like we're noticeably bees. groggy and tired. We'll be the back questions. for part two. We'll be back for part two. Apparently, because uh, apparently um, it it takes longer than two and a half hours to get through over two hundred questions. Jeez. So uh, we'll record another one of these whenever you know. <laughs>
2: Thanks for all the questions so far, though. We'll
1: we'll have so- we'll the next episode will be. We'll have a Survivor Series 99 yeah. up before another Q&A. Oh, yeah, we're not so, going yeah. to do Q&A back then. will worry yeah. about that. Sure. So, all right, that's going to do it for the first half of the Q&A. It's a goodbye for me, Kevin. Me, Adam. And me, Billy. And thanks very much for sending in your questions to the Attitude Era podcast. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next time on the q and e podcast part two.
0: This is Mark and You are listening to the Attitude Era podcast. The fuck's sake! <laughs>
1: When you have an old horse, there is two things that you can do. You can either kill it a... or get rid of it Hardest of the hard men, this pretty speaks him with an evil head.
3: Booty-woot-jig-a-walk.
1: Beware, take care. I swear to God, I'm
0: I'm Push my title shot. Come, 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 yeah, come. Push oh. my title shot. Come, 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 yeah, come. Push oh. my title shot. Push my title shot. Come, 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 yeah, come. Baddest
1: the man, baddest man, I'm the baddest man on the planet. Baddest man, the baddest man, the baddest man fan on the planet. Yeah, I'm Triple I'm triple A bitch Mr.
0: Man Stone Dog Screw you You're fired It's gonna be O Big Big Bitch Big Big Bitch big bitch big big bitch big big bitch big big bitch come 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 big big bitch big big bitch big big bitch big big bitch
1: big big bitch big big bitch it's gonna be big out big big bitch big big bitch big big bitch big big bitch cock bitch cock cock big big bitch big big bitch Big dance, big, big dance. Big, big dance, big, big dance.